Hello once again and welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm Chet Zar, your host. Sorry about last week's uh, non-existent podcast, but it's just been very busy in the Zar household. So uh, I barely got this one together and it's uh, I missed the early edition. So uh, apologies for that, but everything kind of came together. All at once, I got the Dark Art Society group show coming up Saturday. Got a painting for the other show that's going to be the same night at Copro, which is the Roadside Attractions, curated by Chris Velasco. Had to get that painting done. I still got to do the corners. It's Wednesday. I'm recording this Wednesday at almost 2 p.m. <sighs> I got to get the corners done for that. I've got this other big commission of a bunch of frames that I'm working on uh, for a collector with a bunch of frame corners and and I got to do my taxes on top of everything so uh, and, and there's other things on top of that so anyway things are really busy so I apologize that's why I was MIA but the good news is we have a really special guest on today this is the amazing Wes Ben Scoder. Uh, I've been a fan of his since before I started painting. He was one of the people I kind of looked up to when I started seeing uh, as a person I was seeing doing what I wanted to do is creating monsters and dark artwork and making a living at it. So I was really excited. He's kind of like an enigmatic figure to me. He seems very... Uh, he seems kind of reclusive and just doing his thing. So um, I don't see him online a lot. So it was really great to connect and finally talk to him and have him on the show. And we had a really great conversation last night. It was awesome. He's a really, really nice guy. As with most dark artists, I've found almost all of them. They're very nice people. Okay, let's get on with this. I don't have time to do, do a long intro today. Um Okay, let's go. Oh, uh, if you want to join the the Patreon, if you can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash darkartsociety. We're growing it every day. The movement is growing. <clears throat> you get an entry into the secret Facebook group and the website and all kinds of other benefits. You get the podcast day early and all that stuff. Uh, you can check out the drama that just happened on there today. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's see. Okay. I'm going to start with new subscribers. These are people who have subscribed to the Patreon to keep this podcast free for everybody. Okay. We've got lowbrow bear up to their pledge. So thank you for that. Uh, Lucas long. Thank you for the generous pledge. Lucas long, uh, Pete Donnelly. Thank you. Corey Chimko with a big pledge. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Corey Chimko, you're the you're the man. Uh and okay, Jameson Eckert with another generous pledge. Thank you. Um let's see. Is that No, there's um okay, one more. Kevin McGinnis. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Couldn't do the, do the podcast without your support. Everybody who's on the Patreon. You also get uh, bonus materials, supplemental images of the artists from the podcast. And, you know, can you hear my dog snoring? Listen. 
That's Baby Girl. It used to be Doc, but Doc died. Baby Girl's the last pit bull standing in our family. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Let's get on with this Wes Benscoter interview. Um, thanks, uh, thanks again for supporting everybody and listening and spreading the word. Share the podcast if you can. If that's all you can do, if you can't join the Patreon, at least share it and spread the word because this is a grassroots movement and we are spreading the good news of dark art all over the world. All right. Thank you. Here it goes. What's up, Wes? Hey, Chet. How you doing, man? I'm good. I can't believe you're on my podcast. It's amazing. Ah. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're the elusive Wes Benscoter. I can hardly find any any videos or audio interviews of you on there. It's like you're kind of reclusive, it seems like. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I have. It's been a while. I've, I've done a ton of of interviews, mm. and I just quit doing them, man. Because oh, there really? wasn't a lot of good interviews, you know. Right. They always ask the same questions. Yeah, same shit over and over. Uh, well, hopefully this won't be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I've been uh, a huge fan of yours um, since the '90s, I think. Like I started right. seeing your stuff online when I got online, like mid nineties or late nineties or something like that. And you're one of the people that really inspired me to, to start painting because I was in, I was in effects at that point. Like I was doing right. make, makeup effects and, um, and I didn't, I, I didn't start until like 2000, but I remember right around that time I was looking at like Mark Ryden's stuff. I was looking right. at your stuff. I was looking at Chris Mars and Brahm, and of course, you know, Bekshinsky and Giger and stuff like Frazetta right. and all that stuff. But as far as like people doing it and making a living at it, uh, you know, uh, contemporary people, I was like, you were one of the people that I was like, this can be done. You know, <laughs> people can <laughs> Are you do a this metal for... guy? Um, kind. I mean, I'm like, a, I was, I, I'm more of a punk guy. Yeah. But, um, uh, Definitely, uh, I like metal. Also, right. I'm just a little. I'm. I'm not like. I like all metal. It's like I'm kind of right. picky about it, you know. Yeah, so. me too, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like. I mean, I love music. It's just. Uh, I'm just kind of you know, especially now that I'm old too. It's like it's so hard to get into new music. I'm like so yeah, if stuck. You don't, if you don't have somebody who turns you on to the new stuff, it's it's kind of hard to find. I know, you know. I know. I know people keep telling me all these younger people are like there's tons of great new music out there. You just got to find it. I'm like Yeah. I don't really know where to look. Except <laughs> you know, I did do uh I I I got a Bandcamp account and somehow I found this band called uh What are they called? Damn it. Uh uh Fuck! It's right the tip of my tongue. It's uh, it, uh, oh, uh, invasives, invasives. They're kind of like this punk band from Canada, right. and uh, I, I really like them. And I ended up doing letting them use some an image for an album cover because I just like their music yeah. so much. And then because I bought their album on Bandcamp, I got all these recommendations of this kind of like uh, you know no means no style. Yeah punk stuff that i'm into and so i did find a few bands on there but it's just all so scattered now yeah you're so you're i mean you you're kind of legendary in the in the metal community 
And you know, I haven't actually have I haven't done that many covers. I mean, there's some artists, man, they just crank out yeah, cover right? art. Yeah, right. It seems and like I it. actually don't have a lot of them, man. Really? Yeah, I, but I, I guess it's just because I was around at a specific time when nobody wanted to do metal artwork. Oh, really? Like in the, the mid '90s, man, nobody seemed to want that stuff. <laughs> now you got people, you know, begging to do it. Everybody wants yeah. to do metal covers. Yeah. But you, 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 uh, yeah, you really established established your yourself pretty early. Seemed like in the '90s, you kind of had this big. I mean, well, that's it, when you started, it seemed right? like it happened fast. Man. Really. Yeah, because you know, after I did the first two covers for uh, Relapse Nuclear Blast, I mean, instantly I was like in a Sounds of Death magazine. And it was only a couple years until I was doing Slayer stuff. Really? I mean, yeah, at the time it seemed to take forever, but I look back now, <laughs> I can't believe how compressed the timeline was. That's amazing. Uh, wow. Well, was... I mean, you're super talented. I mean, you're, 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 you're a great artist, so uh, I mean, I could see why you would be chosen for that. But a lot of, a lot of that has to do with, you know, right place, right time and all yeah. that stuff, you know, like um, you need some ability, man, but timing yeah. is so important. Absolutely. Man. You have you to know? have something to back it up once you get, yeah. you know, but, you, but yeah, timing is, is huge. Um, I mean, I've tried, I've tried to do, I, I've got like a certain level of success now, like it, that, that I feel pretty good about, right. but, but it's been, you know, 20 years of just grinding and failing yeah. and, and trying to do things and failing and repeatedly failing and just like you getting, gotta be relentless getting man, back up you know? and being like i'm gonna yeah. fucking do this no matter what happens um so okay just to get the kind of boring stuff out of the way um you uh, I, I mean we, we I, I did read some stuff uh online some inter- a couple interviews with you and it sounds like we have kind of a lot in common um didn't go to art school Right. Right. And, uh, you know, a mo- was a monster kid into drawing monsters yep. and all that stuff. And Fangoria. Fangoria, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I had a subscription back in the day. That, man, that was that was the key to everything. I just loved that magazine. Like oh, in yeah. the 80s, you know. It totally. Up to man. a certain point. Yeah, right, right. Then it, yeah, yeah. Then it seemed to, I don't know, it just didn't have the same thing. Yeah. I still have a box of all my old Fangorias from the 80s. I got them all, man. Every one of them. <laughs> you have every one yeah. of them? <laughs> yep. Oh, man. You know, because I, I, I was learning, teaching myself makeup effects when I was getting that magazine. Yeah. So those magazines were like invaluable. I remember uh, uh, there was some, some issue with, uh, I can't even remember the movie. There's just some really great like corpses and stuff that I would just yeah. look at and go, Oh man, I want to make that so bad, you know. Really, yeah. so inspiring. Did you have the Savini book? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that was that was like the first book where I was like, oh, all, I you know that was kind of like the first big book for me. Like I yeah. made a huge leap because it taught all the mold making techniques and. Yeah. Um, funny thing about the Savini book, a little side note, is that they get he gave this wrong information out at least in the first printing because i got it when it first came out right and so he uh he gives this formula for the stuff called rubber cement paint i don't know if you're familiar with mask making yeah. or effects oh, or yeah. anything. Yeah. Oh, okay so he gave the formula for rubber cement paint he said to add the colorant the universal tint to like the naphtha 
and then add that to the rubber cement. And it's like, it doesn't work. You have to put the colorant in the rubber cement and then you add the thinner. Right. And so I tried it. It's hard to paint. (laughs) I couldn't get it to work. And so like all throughout my whole career in effects up until just until the end, I completely avoided rubber cement paint because I never could get it to work. And then someone told me, oh yeah, that's screwed up. The directions of there are screwed up. Right. You have to add it to the rubber cement first right. and then thin that. So he's probably he probably saved me a few years because that stuff is so toxic. Probably like added yeah. ten years out of my life that I never used that stuff. Yeah, that's one thing I hate about the effects stuff, man, is the chemicals. Oh yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm just like sitting here like waiting for something to come yeah. up because I use so many so many chemicals when I was young, yeah, you know, like nineteen years old and oh god. So, okay, you, I mean, you were, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Isn't like where... in, the, in the suburbs. Right, know? right. Isn't that, is that where? It, fr- it's like the two hours from Philly, roughly, uh, okay. a little bit less. Is that near the Frazetta Museum? Or am I, I don't know. No, oh, okay. it's a, I think it's like an hour and a half away. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, I kind of want to get there. Oh, you haven't been? No, oh, I know, man. I should go. <laughs> yeah, everybody asked me about that. <laughs> I ask everybody I who's from Pens- if they lives in Pennsylvania yeah. if they've been to the Frazetta Museum. Um, so okay, so you grew up in the suburbs. Uh, what what was your childhood like? Man, it was I you know hated school. Yeah, hated school. Into like horror movies, yep. heavy metal. Yeah, and <laughs> just wanted to do my own thing, man. Like just unteachable. Uh-huh. Like I, I did okay, you know, I I did okay in school, but. I just was not interested in Same it at here, all. Man. You know, I just wanted want to do my own. Th- as long as I was doing my own thing, there was no problem. Totally, man. <laughs> That's you know? exactly how I was too. Just like unteachable. <laughs> I was you like, couldn't teach me anything. I was like C, C average. Yeah, that's where I was at, And it's like, I just, I was, I was always afraid of getting like in trouble for getting bad grades. So it's like, yeah. that just made me get like C's at least. But yeah, I was totally, did not like it. Didn't like and it. then, you know, I, I never took art courses in oh, school. Oh, really? And then finally, like the last couple of years of high school, I figured out, man, if I just took the art courses, I, it was just an easy A, man. Right. <laughs> you know, I could just skate right through. And that's what happened, you know. Yeah. Like, the only perfect grade I ever got was in my last, my high school art class. You know. <laughs> that was your only A? Yeah, that was it, man. Perfect, <laughs> perfect grade, man. So, okay. So you, uh, uh. You and, and drew all the time. Like yeah. I didn't really paint. Like finally, towards the end of high school, I picked up an airbrush, and right. of course, like everybody with an airbrush, man, I had to do HR Giger. That was the other so, thing. That was the other thing. Yeah. I, I learned. I I picked up an airbrush in high school, also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I was really into freehand airbrush, and like the first dozen or so covers I I did were just all freehand. Then I just gradually added more brushwork into it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then eventually abandoned the airbrush. And now I just use the airbrush for like effects stuff, like painting props and stuff like that. Uh, okay, so you do. So a... I ne- I never do airbrush for like a painting. Right. Anymore. Well, the last you know the paintings I've seen seen you do over the last few years don't look like there's any airbrush at all. And it, it seems yeah. like your earlier stuff, you've got the airbrush element there. But... Yeah. You're all they bro- look so rough, though, man. Those that first wave I did, they just kill me, man. I mean, there's oh, some like cool imagery. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's rough. They, I mean, they, they were inspiring to me. So, uh, uh, but I know what you mean. I look back at some of my old stuff, and I'm just like, yeah. 
<laughs> but you know and, and people they love that stuff because they have like a sentimental attachment right. to it like every artist i know they always hear that oh i love your your old stuff man why don't you do like that again like, <laughs> you know why don't you paint worse yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah i understand um so yeah so uh you're okay okay so how did you get into the 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 the, how did you become a professional artist? I mean, you started working kind of right out of high school, yeah, I think. Right out, like how did right that out happen? Of high school. Well, I was doing like kind of stuff for a local screen printer, like T-shirt designs, no, nothing cool. Uh huh. And <laughs> I eventually met like Relapse Records were about forty-five minutes from where I lived, oh, and they I were just starting out. And I happened to meet somebody because you know I, I was tell I would tell everybody what I was doing, uh-huh. trying to get something to happen. And while at the same time I was learning how to paint, because I had only been painting seriously for maybe like one year or so. And like, you know, if you look at those early paintings, you can see where I'm learning. Each each one progresses a little bit. And, uh, you know, I I met Matt Jacobson from Relapse and they were kind of they were handling nuclear blast at the time. And they were all looking for artists because like Seagrave wasn't interested in in record covers at that point. Uh He had already done, I think that first wave of earache records like entombed and all that's those mm-hmm. classics man so i know there's kind of been like an opening there i think for somebody to pop in there right and uh they put me to work right away man and it like i said man it just snowballed instantly did, so you did you, did you have a plan that that's what you wanted to do specifically no. or were you just like i want to do some kind of artwork professionally well i you know like a lot of people man when i first started out doing the painting seriously on my own. Like I was going to be a fine artist, man. I was going to be like HR gear right right to the top. And like, I was sending out photos everywhere, but at that time, there was nothing back. There was nothing for the kind of stuff we do back then. And the only person who would ever write back was uh, Stephen Bissett. Oh, wow. He was the only guy who would take the time to write. Cause he was, I think he was still doing taboo. Okay. Which, because there wasn't a lot of horror comics even. No, no. And, like, I, I must have sent stuff to Heavy Metal Magazine, like, five times. Right. And they never <laughs> accepted my stuff. And I eventually gave up, you know. <laughs> so, I was, I, even though I liked the bands, some of the bands, I had never planned on doing the record covers. But, you know, when the opportunity with Relapse came, I had to jump on it. Because right. there was nothing else happening. Yeah, me. yeah. I mean, it seems and, uh, natural, a natural yeah, thing because you're into horror and everything, you know? Yeah. Well, like, I, I understood that imagery perfectly in right. one way. Like, I was in one way born to do that. But when I did those first couple covers, like, in one way, I didn't feel like I sold out. But, like, I had never planned on doing that. Because, right. like, you know, I had these big ideas. Like, like everybody, like, you have to be like that when you start out. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're you're going to do this and you're going to do that, man. So is that and, the – I mean, the stuff that you're doing now, is that kind of like – you know, because you're doing more shows and stuff nowadays, doing like showing your stuff, fine art, fine art setting. You know, you're you're doing the fine art thing. Um, I mean, is that is, are you kind of like realizing this vision that you had when you first started? This is kind of what you wanted to do initially. Well, man, in a roundabout way, because I for the first guy like 15, 20 up until like around 2014, I wouldn't sell originals. I sold a handful of originals to like a few collectors like there was a guy in japan who bought a lot 
but I hated selling originals, man. It took me a long time to get it. Cause like I just worked so hard on these right. detailed paintings and like, I, I love the originals. There's, right. I mean, there is nothing like the original. Oh yeah. Yeah. They never look the same, man. Right. And yeah, never. Finally, like I started doing the shows with Pusshead, his hyper stoic shows. And that was just kind of the uh, push I needed to start. And it's also when you paint them to sell, you don't get as emotionally attached to them. Right. Like the record covers, I tend to hold on to. Like occasionally, I'll sell one of them. Mm-hmm. But because they're the ones that they always want to put in group shows, and you know, everybody loves the record covers. Right. Right. So I tend to hold on to those. But like, like I said, man. So I eventually got back to like when I thought I was going to be a fine artist as a. I don't, I don't want to say a kid. I was like 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like the implication of selling the original artwork. Now, once I did the covers, like I held on to all of them mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, I had really unrealistic expectations. I, I don't <laughs> think I really knew what it was about, obviously. And like I had no understanding of the gallery scene. I just thought I'd be in a couple magazines <laughs> and everybody would see how great I was. And I'd be right to the top and like, four or five years at the most you know? <laughs> and then life had to beat you down for a few, for, for yeah. those four or five years and then you're like okay this is a lot well, i different. remember at that time hearing on the radio they're t- interviewing some artists who like i didn't care about at all but she was saying like oh it takes like 20 years to get established as an artist as an artist uh not like, i was in the car and i was like nah not me man i'll be there like to <laughs> watch this man and like and like it's just it does sort of take that long yeah man, I, know. You know? I know it's like it's 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 not a short-term goal if, yeah you know, and it's not but like, i'm glad i didn't know that it's like you have to be here. kind of naive man totally and just sort of plow ahead you don't give a shit what anybody says totally totally yeah yeah absolutely it's not a you know it's not a business to go into if you're, you know, as a business, it's like, unless you, that's where everybody fails. Unless it's part of it, man. Yeah, exactly. Unless you, you have to love what you do so that you can put up with all the business shit you have to deal with. And so it's like, it's not a good money-making thing unless you just, you know, it's like, uh, I think Robert Williams is quoted as saying that it's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it unless it's a compulsion, unless you have that's, to do that's it. That's what I was just going to say. Man. Like, <laughs> you have to be obsessed with it or you will not make it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to be an artist yeah. now. And like, Because I, I like to draw skulls. And like, you know, I like, <laughs> like, man, you will get steamrolled, man. Yeah. You have to be like a maniac about it. Yep. Totally. To, to the extent of like almost you block out everything else in your life almost. Man. Oh, yeah. Totally, man. Yeah. You, you, are you hearing this? everybody who's listening to the podcast are you hearing this <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a wake-up call it's really it's like you know you have to dedicate you have to dedicate your life to it you know i remember gary uh, at copper when i first started showing there i started i made the decision to be a painter in 2000 <clears throat> i started showing in 2005 because i was right. like figuring things out i was uh, friends with cam de Leon, and i was kind of following his path uh, he did uh, like the early tool stuff. I don't know if you know Cam or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And he was like Photoshop guy, amazing yeah. Photoshop. And so it's like I for the first couple of years I was doing like Photoshop stuff and did some digital yeah. stuff, and um, <clears throat> then eventually I started painting in in, in like in 2005. I got a cut. You know, I was in some group shows before that, and then. Um, I started selling around 2005. Like people were interested. Yeah. And, and Gary showed me uh, at Copro. And he's like, yeah, it'll probably take about 10 years to establish yeah. yourself. And, I, and you know, this is already five years in. And I was like, 
okay. And it's like, and it was like 10, 10 years from that point is when things started kind of getting a little right. better for me. And then it really took the full, but it did. It's funny that you say the 20 year thing because it's been like 20 years and this is like, this is the year for me, even though it's all this COVID and craziness, right. this has like been the, the, you know, probably the biggest year I've ever had is just in general with everything as far as exposure and right. finances and stuff like that. So it really took, I feel like it took like a solid 20 years. But there's also an advantage to that kind of steady path up instead of because some artists yeah. man they shoot up man they're like a novelty yep. <laughs> like within two you know, there's everywhere man like i see guys man they come out man they'll just do every band yeah like just indiscriminately yeah totally and then you know like man it's like call me in 10 years man if you're still around exactly you know? this is like this is part of the reason i uh the, the punk scene had such an influence on me um is the whole the kind of diy thing and, yeah. and the slow steady stick to your guns uh, work, work hard. And like, I follow, um, uh, Mike Watt who's a bass player yeah. for the minute man. He's yep. just like legendary Mike Watt and he's still fucking doing it in a, in a van. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And he's, but he's, he's I, at this point, he's got money, you know, he's like, he's, I'm sure he's wealthy because he's like, he's played, he's played with yeah. uh, Iggy, I- I- Iggy yep. pop and the yeah, Stooges, the Stooges for, for the, while, for the yeah. bass, bass player for them. And he just, you know, they do all their own touring, all in a van. They get all the money. There's like no middleman. And it's like and it, that slow. It also s- seems like there's ups and downs. It comes in waves. Oh, yeah. Like yeah for yeah. me, it's not like a steady climb. And there's ups and, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. it ebbs and flows. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? For sure. For sure. Now, now it's pretty steady for me. But, man, it's, you know, the, the market, you know, what the people's interests change. And right. it's weird, man. But that's, that's what you got to go for. Or I, I think I, I bet I bet you'll agree is like you got to do what is in your heart. You know, you got to do what yeah. you love. You got to do what you love. And then you attract people that love that. And and, yeah. and you're, you're painting for yourself and for them. And, and it's like everybody else that's kind of casually into it. It's like they're not that important. It's like, you know, you're doing it for the real fans. That And those are the people that will sustain you over yeah. like 10, 20 years and they'll always will be there for you. You know? Well, I, I don't know how it was for you, but when I was growing up, constantly I heard from people, relatives, teachers, everybody that, oh, you'd be such a great artist if you didn't do these monsters and these skulls and this stuff. <laughs> and I heard that for my whole fucking life. But I just stuck. And it's like nothing would change my mind. That's and now beautiful. like, like you, you walk into like a, uh, a game GameStop or something. You just see that imagery on fucking everything. I know. <laughs> you know? It's, Which is, it's all really cool looking too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of. I mean, especially with the uh, with um, I don't know the metal explosion too. I mean, the metal yeah. is, it's gotten into the mainstream in, in a lot. Of I, that ways. that imagery is so main. And like you know, with the Walking Dead, and it's just yeah. all. Yeah, I so, used to I know. used to dream about. In the seventies, I saw Dawn of the Dead in seventy eight when it came out. I was like twelve years old. Right, and that's uh, the best time. <laughs> yeah, and and I remember all throughout like the eighties. I was, and that was like that's like my favorite, pretty much my favorite horror movie, one of my yeah. top three. And yeah, I used to fantasize that because then then cable TV came out like I think in the eighties, like uh, yeah, that's on my thing, TV. Man. I was up all night. 
watching cable, man. Yeah. Like, we had like HBO and Prism. Right. <laughs> then USA would they would show the Blind Dead movies, all that. Oh, yeah, like I was yeah, up yeah. all night watching cable, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. But I the the very first cable we got was like it was there was two. There was on TV and there was select yeah. TV. And this was before right. regular cable where you had right. to buy the box and everything. Yeah. And, and so I remember I used to th- fantasize like I wish there was a zombie show they could put it on on TV or select TV and it could be R rated. It could be, there could be a super gory, violent effect, at least one in every show. And it would basically be like Dawn of the Dead, but a TV show. And it's like The Walking Dead did it. I know, man. I can't believe some of the gore they have on that. Especially when you see like the slasher movies from the early 80s when there's like almost no gore. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And now, like, I don't watch Walking Dead, but every once in a while I'll put it on to look at the makeups, man. Right. Yeah. And I'll see just entrails spilling out. It's like, I know. (laughs) It's like, it's like a. You know, Day of the Dead level violence. Yeah. Like the Day of the Dead stuff where yeah. it's pulled in half I'm... and the intestines come out. Yeah. It's like it's on TV. It's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened to that show, man, because I was into it for the, you know, f- it was good. It was really, I thought it was really good for. Yeah, I like the first season. I just, I don't know. I get bored, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I, no, I was, I was, I was into it for a long time and then it, it got really like. I, I like talky and there was like no zombies right you know it just got it got sidetracked i don't know what happened but yeah i mean you know a zombie tv show i'm gonna watch it yeah, <laughs> That's all yeah. To it. <laughs> yeah. um so wow okay so you you uh you you were at the right place at the right time you had talent and you had the drive, which is really important. Yeah. You know, and you uh, started working, um, doing these covers. And then you, you, say, you say it t- took off quickly? Instantly, yeah. That must have been like, crazy. Yeah, it's like it now feel weird? <laughs> it seemed like it took years. Oh, at the time, I yeah. I look back on the timeline now, man. I can't believe how, how compressed the well, time back, frame back then, was. Well, back then, you know, the older yeah. we get, it's like the, the, the uh, time speeds up our perception yeah. of time speeds up and it's like, you know, back when we were 19 or 20, a year was a long time and a year doesn't feel very long to me now. I mean, it, I know, man, it's so, yeah, weird. I know. <laughs> but, um, what was I going to say? Um, like I used to paint those, those first covers, they were all done in one night. Like I would do like because of that really air, freehand airbrush technique. Yeah. Like that's... the Slayer cover was painted in one night. That's crazy. <laughs> because it was all freehand. Right. Except for a few straight, you know, straight edge for some of the swords and right, stuff. But, right. And, you know, you can just sit down, man, just bang it out. I know. That's I was just a... driven. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young and willing. And plus, to just... you, you didn't know what you were. You didn't know the mistakes you were making. Right. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> like, I didn't know the anatomy was bad. Right. You know? So <laughs> now you... I second guess everything. Right. You know? Were you nervous about when you got that gig? Were you nervous? No. You just were no, like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Cool. Yeah, man. That's what I was born to do that, you know. <laughs> I couldn't wait. Yeah, that's amazing. How cool. I mean, what a what a what a blessing that that is. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I was lucky, man. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah, that's uh that's amazing. That's that's right around it's funny because um you were say you were nineteen or so when you started. Because yeah. that's right around when I started doing effects, like I graduated and I was 17 or 18 or no, I graduated. I was 17 and I, I'm like, I was, I was all, almost a year younger than everyone else. I think because of 
my birthday's in November, so it was like the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we got all kinds of stuff in common. That's crazy. Yeah, man. And so I like graduated, I think I was, what are you, September? Yeah, I was 17, and then I turned 18, and then I kind of screwed around for a year. And then and, and, and then uh, when I was 19, I started working, and I worked on The Blob. I got a job on The, the Blob remake. And, um, yeah, I just watched that a few nights ago. Oh, it was cool. on cable. Yeah. It still holds up pretty good, I think. The yeah. Blob stuff's yeah. pretty pretty cool, I thought. I remember I saw it. I went to see it in a theater. Like, I used to go to the movies alone, man, because I just wanted to go in there. You know, it's like the Friday it started, man. Right. I'd be in there right <laughs> after school or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw. I remember seeing uh, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, like a little ad in the paper. Yeah. This big. It hadn't blown up yet. And it was like... Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street, and yeah. I, I'd get my stepdad because he was he was into science fiction, at, but he was kind of into horror too. Yeah, and so he would take me every Friday. We, he'd get, we'd go to the movies. Yeah, that was like our thing. And we went to go see uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original first one. And there's no one in the theater; it yeah. hadn't blown up yet. And I was just like, "Fuck, this is awesome!" <laughs> like I used to go see every Friday the Thirteenth sequel, the day until like part eight. <laughs> And I walked out of there and I was like, fuck these movies, man. See, I you know, was that, always, I was always a Halloween guy. It's like, yeah, I, I never, I, I, I used to watch every, like, especially like in the mid, like around 86 on, mm-hmm. I would see every genre movie, man. Right. Every one of them indiscriminately. That's cool. You know, that's cool. But then eventually, like I said, around that time, I was like, man, some of these movies suck. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to see every one of them. Yeah. yeah so I mean, any- that's like, yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, anyway, it's like we both kind of started around the same time. Like I got into makeup. I started this makeup effects career around 19, and then you started doing th- these album covers. And right. um, I, I ended up qu- – I decided around 2000 I was I was going to uh, be a painter. And then, right. so, the, so then I spent like seven years trying to get out of the industry, you know, because it was hard because the money was good. And so I was like – Right, working on establishing this fine art career. Uh, <clears throat> so it's 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 pretty uh, it's amazing to think you were doing that all that time. <laughs> it's well, pretty. What awesome. made you want to get out of the effects? You know, was it because you know, like the effects teams are always the coolest ones on every movie. It man. seems you like, know, like it, it's a it's a great job, especially it, that era. Yeah. Man, oh man. Know? Yeah. It, but the thing is, I got in like eighty seven. 86, 87, I think it was when we did the blob or maybe now 87. And it's like the thing had been, it was over, it, right. it, you know, lost boys had come out. Uh, that era of horror movies was not great. That, man. that was, like, that was like the peak with the thing and everything. And, yeah. that was, and the, the howling and, and, and all that stuff. And it's like, when I got, I got it right as it started to sort of taper and go down as far as like them wanting things faster Right. wanting to spend less money like the blob was huge it was a huge budget for effects there was a lot of time and resources to do everything right and the, i was on the crew that did the uh all the victims the blob victims and then yeah. the, the other side was it was a it was a weird situation it was a shop divided in two one side did the blob effects one side did the victims and so we did all the uh the victims and um but you know and then after that it was dark man which is like yeah. 90. And then, you know, we did stuff like Adam's family and just weird, a lot of swamp thing, cable series and stuff like that. Right. But it slowly started to, 
to go down just ever so much. Like every job, there was less time and less money and less time and less money. And then it got to like, you know, the 2000s and it just was like. Well, I remember that boom. kind of horror was sort of out of favor. Right. In the, like in the late 90s because X-Files was around. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember when Rob Zombie did uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. That was like, oh my God, man, Texas Chainsaw style is back. You right, know, like right. gritty horrors. Because I remember before that, it was like, a lot of sci-fi stuff. Which yeah. I, you know, I, I like some sci-fi, but yeah, like, I, I just remember Fangoria that that era sucked, man. I mean, it, yeah. it was always had something <laughs> cool, but yeah, man. the '80s were the time for Fangoria, yeah, man. man. So okay, you uh uh. I mean, what, were you doing this kind of fine art thing the whole time while you were doing album well, what happened, stuff? Or no, man. Like what? Basically, the year before I started doing the cover art, which would have been around like ninety ninety one, I started because I was influenced by Giger. You know, I had his books and everything, yeah. and I started doing these like eighteen by twenty four paintings you know, freehand airbrush, and mm-hmm. I just do like one every couple of days, man, just cranking out imagery, man. And I just, I, I must've done like, ah, man, maybe like 40 or so, These, you know, <laughs> biggish pain, you know, a few bigger ones when I right. got inspired and that, that's the stuff that I should relapse. So I had, and then when I started the covers, I did, I still did my own stuff like that, the same size, my, you know, like I just endless energy. I, I guess I, I know. Had, Wouldn't you know, it be like, nice to have that I now? know, man. Like <laughs> I just crank stuff out. Anything I was interested in, you know? Right. And, I was still trying to get in magazines and stuff, but I, I think at that point, maybe Art Alternatives was around. I don't know if that juxtaposed was around yet. Mm. I can't remember, but I was always trying to get in heavy metal magazine, man. Right. And they would send me rejection letter after rejection letter. That's man. so weird. That's weird. That's crazy to me. And I could never get an airbrush action either. Right, yeah. That was the one I kept trying to get in, man. <laughs> like, they weren't having it. But you get, I mean, that's but, like nobody was really into that. That's nobody a, was into that imagery. At that that's point. the thing. Like, like I, I always tell. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's I always tell people, uh, you know, when I started in 2000, there was nothing. There was nowhere to show this kind of artwork. Yeah. There was no scene. Every I would always be. I started showing kind of in the pop surrealism, lowbrow scene, because that yeah. was the only place that would have me. And um and the people were cool and uh, they gave me opportunities, but it's like my piece was always the dark piece yeah. and everyone made, it's like, I always had to explain myself, justify why I was there and why I was doing this kind of artwork. But fucking in the nineties, in the nineties, there was really nothing, man. There was man, really there was nowhere nothing. to show. It's like, there wasn't even uh, the, the, I mean, there wasn't any galleries or anything. It's like, Last the the only one I really knew of was like Morpheus because they had right. Giger Say, and, yeah. I and tried they to get always in wrote back. <laughs> they always you know wrote back polite letters like oh we'd love to see more of it but it just never went in which I I understand the stuff wasn't that great at that point right. you know the stuff I was sending them right yeah and they but that fun. was it man yeah that was it that was it I remember I went because they were in Beverly Hills which is like yeah you know in L A and so I remember um me I went I tagged along with uh, Cam to, to right. show our work there. That's when I first saw Bekczynski in person. It was like, that's it, man. Wow. I know the first time I saw that stuff, I was like, Oh man, like, you know, <laughs> like they do not make artists like that anymore. I know. And he, I mean, that era is over. Man. Yeah. And you he, know? he, 
made so much amazing stuff. Like I, I, I know, I still see. I have like eight <laughs> books, man. I still see paintings to the point of where I'm wondering if I, it crossed my mind. Like, is somebody like doing knockoff Beckinsky's, <laughs> man? Because like some of these, I don't know where the fuck they're finding these paintings. I know, I, mean, I know. I got a friend, so many. I got a friend on Facebook who is like a huge Beckinsky uh, fan. And uh, Fred Cotero, Cotero, I believe his name is, and um, he's always sharing Bekshinsky. He always, he's always tagging me now because every time he posts them, I'm like, where did you find this? It's like, I thought yeah, I'd yeah. seen every Bekshinsky and there's always a new one. I mean, this dude must have painted, he must have I painted know, like a hundred paintings a year or something. I don't know how it's possible because they're, I mean, they're big. Yeah. And the ones I saw, I don't know if this was a, a stage he was in. These ones were maybe from the they I think from the eighties maybe. There's a lot of those kind of horse like figures. Yeah. When they started getting more abstract and weird, and the stuff kind of looked like paper coming up that was blending yeah. in the background. But it was all little strokes. Everything was like little scratchy strokes. Yeah. <laughs> even even like the background shading. Yeah. Is... Yeah. Little teeny like. Uh, 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 it's obsessive. Yeah, cross-hatching type stuff. Yeah. I just was like, whoa. Um, but that was, yeah, it was so cool to see that. Amazing. Um, but yeah, we didn't get in, of course. And Cam was like way better than me, and he didn't get in. So it's like they weren't going to let me right. in, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, they were the only one. They were the only one until, uh, for me, until I got into Copro. And they were like, Copro back then, when I started showing with them in like 2005, they were like lowbrow, you yeah. know, Robert Williams and stuff. And it's like they've kind of morphed into more of a dark art kind of gallery now, you know, which is cool. Right. Yeah. And there's. Well, I, I like that. The, the lowbrow scene, like I kind of flirted with that a little bit. Like I did a, a cover for Your Flesh with like a cute cat holding a dead bird. <laughs> and so I, I was kind of oh, getting yeah, close yeah. to that, I that, that. scene. And just, <laughs> I forgot about that. I was always just too metal for those guys, right, man, yeah, you yeah. know. Not in a good way either, <laughs> but they weren't having it. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, plus, it was. you know, I was living in Harrisburg, PA at, at you know, up until, you know, a certain point. Uh, and man, there is nothing around here, man. Really? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> there ain't no galleries around here. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's nothing in the scene in uh, LA or New York to <laughs> even show that stuff, it's like there's not going to be any. Yeah. anything out there either but it's kind of amazing how many how many um galleries how many places there are that will show this stuff now it's it's, it's kind of yeah. cool to see um uh but i i'm 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 curious uh i ask this of a lot of guests that come on the show it's like what why 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 the monsters what 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 attracted right. it to you initially like we everyone's kind of got their you know it, most most artists i interview myself included like just love the shit yeah and but and we have maybe some ideas about why that might have been that seed may have been planted early on but we're but that's I, about you, yeah it's just instinctual man yeah. <laughs> I, I have just always always have been like that whether it was like when i was really young like godzilla uh-huh yeah then when i saw alien man that was it yeah that was it yeah <laughs> i just i just love the way they look man 
That's all I know. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> you know. Yep. That's I, all. That's all I know. I just I I thought about it a little bit, and I I can never come up with a rational answer for it. Yeah. I don't know if I happened to see certain artworks when I was young, or just happened to see like Godzilla on TV on Saturday afternoons. I don't know what it was, man. You know that I, I was definitely uh, uh, Godzilla, War of the Gargantuas. Those were like yeah. big ones for me when I was a kid because they were on TV and you could see them. But yeah. um, Night of the Living Dead, the original one, is uh, was a big one for me because I remember seeing that when I was like five years old on TV. Uh, so if, that would have been 67, 68, 70, 1971 or something. I'm sitting in front of the TV watching Night of the Living Dead every year when it came on on Halloween or whatever. And just scaring scaring the shit out of me. Like it really – I became a zombie freak after that. Right. And, um, and I, I kind of think that the reason – it's funny because it's like on one hand I feel like I had a kind of a fucked up family situation like a lot of people around were fighting and arguing it was not a happy right. happy home at all and um, so I, I kind of think that I uh, was sort of like relating that feeling I had in the movie to the how I felt in my life when I was right. scared of this stuff happening so I think Maybe there, that's where the connection was made. There was also my grandfather, who was a fucking nut, used to wear those old Topstone cave, yeah, yeah. caveman Topstone mask and chase us around, turn God. the lights off and chase us around that house when we were like little kids. So I think that might have been planted some kind of, you know, this mixture of being terrified with fun and uh, I don't, right. I don't know, and 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 the and the the weird family situation. But I always have felt like. Before I even started getting into horror, I always loved like just weird stuff, just unusual yeah. weird shit. Like I remember watching Monty Python, Monty Python's Flying Circus, and all those animations, the Terry yeah. Gilliam animations. Just being like totally into those as a kid because anything weird I was interested in. Well, a lot of that stuff I came to way later because for a longest time I, I was not interested if it didn't have a monster in it. All right, you were I mean, hardcore. It, it took me until I was like. <laughs> Eh, like 13 or 14 where I would start to watch stuff like Taxi Driver or Scarface. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess it's okay without a monster. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> and like you, you go through that phase of you discover like all those classic movies, yeah, you know? And, yeah. But I, when I was really young, all the neighborhood kids were like into John Carpenter movies, you know, stuff. Oh, really? I mean, the whole neighborhood, so, you know, we'd run around playing Escape from New York and all that stuff. Oh, that's and cool. so it was also, you know, very accepted you in had my a peer group. social scene. Yeah. yeah. What what year how old are you? What year is this around? And that would have been like in the well, 80s. What, what, yeah, it must have been like 80, 81, around like late 79, 80, 81. Because I remember what year did American Werewolf in London come out? I think it was like 81 or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it was I, I was like, man, we gotta play American Werewolf in London. Like nobody had seen it yet. So I uh-huh. kind of remember that kind of dates it, you know, I remember right. seeing it in famous monsters or something. Right. Like, right. So I kind of can attach a date to it. Like, the, you know, from that timeline. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like nobody had seen it yet. So it was pointless, but <laughs> yeah, what, what I was imagining, I saw the Rick Baker photos and I, right. I felt like I knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a few years older than you. And, uh, when I was growing up, this is, I, I had that like early child. I was born in 67. So, my early childhood was the 70s. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, I started, so I started getting into horror stuff like uh, uh, Famous Monsters probably around 77. So I was probably 10 years old. And um, and then Fangoria came like in the uh, probably 80s, early 80s yeah. or something. But when I was, but I was, it was like me usually and maybe one other kid that was into it. So I didn't have a bunch of kids that were into it. Right. You know, with me for some reason. I don't know why that is, but uh, that's pretty well, we cool. Used to, we had a little like, peer make, group. Yeah, because we used to we somebody made a uh, like a fake butcher knife out of a piece of wood, and we were playing like Michael Myers. And, <laughs> like, who knows like what the neighbors thought, man? I watching know. these kids run around like pretending to like stalk people with a knife, you know? Like, I remember making. Uh, I stupid. I, I used to do the. I used to do like makeup when I got into makeup. I was around nine or ten years old. Some friend of my uh, father's gave me this trauma makeup kit he was, yeah. his father was a nurse and they would train using like with how to treat bruises and cuts so there was like a shoe box with yeah. grease paint uh derma wax and a little booklet on how to do bruises and broken noses and cuts and right. burn and burns so then i used to put burns on all the oh, all God. the kids in the neighborhood right. like big burns and i oh, found these God. plastic eyeballs and i would like have their eyes <laughs> hanging out and it's like all the parents thought i was like a weirdo i remember doing a nail gag through my friend's uh, finger right. like a nail uh and him just freaking his mom out and his mom like practically breaking down because she thought it was real it was really bad i well i had a few teachers say to my mom that they were kind of worried about some of my obsession with like <laughs> horror and stuff like that because we had one time in like fifth grade we had to do like a little cutout of construction paper of the job we wanted uh-huh. when we were older so i don't know why but i was really into this kind of cartoony executioner look like the black hood uh-huh. with like a big bloody i just thought it looked rad man yeah. and so that obviously set off a bunch of alarms like you know because they must have just thought like i literally wanted to be an executioner man <laughs> like i just thought it looked cool as shit you know yeah. like the black hood and the black robe and the big battle axe oh yeah yeah and, like i remember like but my mom was always pretty cool about it so yeah my mom was too that was yeah, the other yeah. thing it's like she she was always she always saw it, saw it as like, creative creative yeah and she was real supportive of creativity she never hassled me about about the monster stuff she was always really supportive which was like kind of amazing you know when yeah you, when you, i have friends who i have one friend who's he was into makeup effects and monsters and stuff and um he grew up in in, in uh <clears throat> st louis missouri and his mom was like Used to say he was possessed by the devil. Like, right, unfortunate, <laughs> man. I know it's That's such a, a bummer. It's such a bummer. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember making a like a guillotine. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. cutting off uh, dolls' heads, GI Joe heads, and stuff. You know, the big size GI <laughs> yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. From my era, and uh, you know, trying to figure out ways of filling the head with blood, and then it, <laughs> it was like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I never really thought it through in one way. It was all just like it was just you know kicks, I guess. Right, right. You know, yeah. so it did, seemed cool. You did. You never got into effects or or makeup effects. Yeah, or? just for my own little video projects that were all pretty bad when I was a kid. Yeah, like when I when I was like around twelve, I was going to get into movies. Same here. That was my first. You know, thing. That was my plan. That, that before yeah. makeup effects, I was going to be a director. It was the same thing, and it's like I used to make little movies. And that's probably the Fangoria influence, you know, like yep. that whole era of the, the you know, they turned those effects guys into like gods, man. You yeah. know, <laughs> that's probably where it came from. 
And then I, I just got kind of sidetracked in my early teens. Not, not, I wasn't getting in trouble or anything. I just, I just, like, I didn't have access to a lot. Like, one point I had access to some video cameras. Then they went away. Hmm. They were like a friend of the family. So then I, I didn't have any. And so then I kind of started to draw a little bit. I kind of started to focus more on the art because mm. I you know, I could do that alone. That's, right. that's the thing about uh, film and video is you need people for I it. I know. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> you know? That's why, I mean, I, I, I had in the late um, 90s, I, I got really into digital 3D animation. Right. And um, that was the thing that appealed to me was like um, – I can make a movie by myself. I yeah. thought, so, or so I thought, because it's like you don't have to rely on a crew. You can build the sets. You can yeah. paint the sets yourself. Do all those camera shots, and uh, it's you know it's a bit more work than that. But <laughs> I found out. But um, that was the appeal because I I used to make you know I used to make Super Eight movies when I was a kid, um, stop motion clay movies and, and right. stuff. And I was like, that was it. I was gonna be a movie maker. And then I got and then I saw the Howling. Right and uh, Dawn of the Dead and the Howling and I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta learn how to do this makeup effect stuff. This is just, it just captivated yeah. me completely. And then I just went on that path and I never got off it until I was. Uh, that, yeah, this brings me back actually to why I, I left the industry because <laughs> you asked me right. that. <laughs> um, I stayed on that path. I got a, I built my portfolio throughout high school. I really took it seriously, and I got a job right out of high school and. Um, worked you know always from as soon as i got in and like like i said 87 or so i just kept working and uh 2000 so i don't know like 15 years or so in i just was like i kind of i don't know i kind of had done everything i wanted to do i got i got yeah. to a point where i was like in a <clears throat> pretty good position where i was like a designer and a sculptor yeah and it, and it was and it just wasn't um, ultimately it wasn't creatively fulfilling because it was it was like, you know, you know, it's just a typical thing designed by committee and, um, you know, make it appeal right. to a nine year old boy, you know, change, well, make it 13 percent. Was it changing scarier. also like because I know that's around the time there's incre an increase in digital effects. Did yeah. you notice like a, oh, yeah. a change in that? Yeah. Yeah. When, when Jurassic yeah. park came out, everybody in every effect shop was like, this is the That's end. It. <laughs> it's <laughs> over. It's, I'm surprised it's it's actually still survived. I mean, it's still kind of, I, mean, I wouldn't call it thriving, but there is a le legitimate makeup effects industry that still exists now. It's like smaller, right. smaller shops and not these huge, big budget productions, yeah. but I thought it would be gone. I really thought it was it was over, but uh, yeah, it definitely affected things. But but it was mostly you know um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of got my fill. I was there was a lot of different reasons. It was like I was tired of getting credit after the electricians and the craft service. Yeah, right. It's like the very end. It was like you'd get makeup effects crew credit. So it's and it's like mm -hmm. stuff getting cut. You worked six months on and something get cut out of the movie and and but it was mostly, you know, meddling from I mean, some of the some of the people you had to deal with. In general, it's like movie people are really cool, you know? Yeah. They're all, they're all like cool art arty types of people that are into it cuz they're cuz they care about it. And then you've got, you know, the money people that are like right. lawyers and bankers that are and they come in and they're making decisions about visual 
things. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's essentially like Wall Street coming in to tell yeah, you what to do. You exactly. Know? I've I've been given the the stupidest directions. I, I've worked on um, Fantastic Four. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I I I, I did the, I sculpted the thing. The, the, right and uh which i was was not my design i was that was one of those things where it was like i, I wasn't really into it it was kind that's of that's an almost can't win scenario yeah i that know, character i man. wanted that, i wanted it to look like the original yeah, you know yeah. it's like that's what i was shooting for but i remember the notes when i was i was doing some designs and they ended up going with someone else's design and that person kind of art directed me but they it, i i somewhere there's these notes that said that were so stupid i saved them it right. was like make it appeal make it appeal to a nine-year-old boy make it look cool to a nine-year-old boy make it look less, make it look you know seven percent less scary <laughs> it looks too much like a mummy like all these really stupid comments <laughs> and it's like Gosh. stuff like that you know we're into it we love yeah. we love effects we're into it it's like this is what we want to do and then to get some dumbass who doesn't even you know doesn't even know what looks what even looks good like they don't have an eye giving you notes about things and you have to do it and it's like well that's right there is a reason to move into fine art exactly you can basically paint you don't have even with illustration you get a lot of stupid instructions you know these days i I don't have as much as but man like in the early 2000s man some of the stuff i had to do man oh (laughs) drives you nuts right yeah it's so frustrating I mean, I understand some of it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You try and be accommodating you would just get too. ridiculous yeah. requests. Yeah. 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 And at a certain point, I said, well, why did you even hire me? Exactly. If you don't want my look, you know? Right. But I'm sure at this point you, you're, you're people hire you because you are you and yeah. they like your style and they, and you know, they won't, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, you know, that's the pinnacle. That's what we all work towards to get to a point where it's like, people want you for your vision. And it's not about like telling you what to do. It's like, you know, I always say with commissions and stuff like that, it's like, if you want the best work out of me, give me the least amount of direction. So it can really like a little bit of direction though. Yeah. Because sometimes when people say, do whatever you want, man, I'll come in with some crazy shit. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we weren't expecting that, man. Well, you know what I do? I say, you know, gather up like five to 10 images of paintings of mine that you like. Yeah. If they don't have any idea. And then I will look at those and try and, and, and use that as inspiration to do something. Other than that, it's like a con- if they have an idea and I'm into the idea. Yeah. I'm cool with that. But it's like, okay, we have the idea. So let me do it. Just let me kind of go and do it. But, um, you know, like, like you said, it's a 20 year ordeal to get there of doing all that <laughs> stupid shit yeah. but i mean I, I don't know it's it's uh uh I, you, you you're definitely like a hero to i know to a lot of people in this whole dark art mm. scene because i mean you were doing this stuff you know 10 years before i was and you know before a lot of these people were you know a lot a lot of these younger people it's like they were you know not yeah, even, I know. I'm surprised how young some of them are. Man, they're like so good right away now. I, know, I don't know if it's because you know, dig, you know the, I, I don't know why. A lot of it's digital, which always looks amazing. But I know, man, I see some of these guys now, and they're just awesome right away, man. Well, it's like well, but that, that's the nature of art. Like, yeah. Because when I was starting to do those record covers, I thought like, oh, this is the next level. You know, a little more gnarly, a little more nasty than the guys who came before me, like that kind of 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. 
you know, not necessarily the technique, but like the subject was like a little more gnarly, mm-hmm. you know, like the demons were more evil looking. And, and now like, especially with like ZBrush, man, like these creatures and stuff that some people, they're just so ridiculously complicated. Yeah. It's like this evolution. It always gets more sophisticated. Right, right. You know? Have you ever messed around with ZBrush? Yeah, I hate it, man. I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I, it's fun to play with, but I, some a few times had to do 3D stuff, and there's something about it, man. I just, I, I cannot lock into it, man. Right. I don't know what it is, man. Yeah, because there's are just you so many variables that can go. Do you, do What's you, that? Are you a computer person at all? Or are you not really into computers? Uh, kind of helps just for like, yeah, a little bit, man. I, I mean, I don't do illustration digitally anymore. I did a lot of that in like the mid 2000s, and they're like my least favorite artworks. Right. Because that around, you know, 2001, around there, it just seemed pointless to do the airbrush paintings when you can do it so quickly in Photoshop. Yeah. But then it was, you get lazy, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so I'm kind of around uh, 2009, I got the brushes out and started painting again. Hmm. And never went back. Oh wow! For for a lot of reasons, but nothing, so like you said, nothing beats the original. I know, man. And like, and there's great artists who like never touch paper, and yeah. I always think like you're going to regret that someday, man. You know? I know that that was that was the thing with Cam. Also, it's like all of his stuff was digital. I'm like, this shit is the most amazing yeah. stuff. If it was, it would be so cool if it was a an original piece like a yeah one... that's how I, I felt about some of those covers from that era it's yeah. like it's just it's not the same man it's yeah. just not the same i mean i appreciate it it sounds like you appreciate it as well you appreciate you that. see like dynamite imagery man yeah like when i was at decon walking around like there's just these killer fucking artists man and it was digital i mean it just looks spectacular right some of this stuff and there's just always part of me it's like man this should be a painting yeah man, but it's just, i don't know we're we're old we're the old guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know man like i have to wa- make sure my stuff doesn't get too old-fashioned looking you know because you gotta you gotta sort of keep these the design sense is something like you know, like i said the uh imagery gets more sophisticated like every 10 years right and like i, I don't want my stuff to start to look like like 70s van art mm-hmm. even though i love that stuff right you kind of <laughs> but like i kind of reached the point now where like i, I quit giving a shit about stuff like that i just do what i want try yeah. to make it look cool you same know? here yeah. just push ahead yeah. eventually you get to a point where, like i don't give a fuck about this stuff man yeah. <laughs> you know just, i'm just gonna do what i want yeah that and that's that's uh that's then that's, the best stuff come, you know. yeah and that's you know that's the ultimate for an artist to, to be to that point where you're just doing whatever you want you know um that's the guiding light for me i mean i consider the audience but the the key for me is something like I want to see it. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. The reason I paint this stuff is like I want to see that. Like, I hate doing too much sketching, and I always have to do a rough pencil sketch for like an album cover, and mm-hmm. they are rough, man. Like I always prepare the bands like this is going to be rough, right? <laughs> because like if it gets too detailed, the sketching stage, then I kind of lose interest. Huh. You know, because like I, part of it for me is like I want to see what comes out of it, man. Like I want to see this image, and this is going to be rad. Right, right. You know, that's that's what I'm into. But I guess a lot of artists are like that. Yeah. But like I hate I don't sketch a lot. Do you sketch a lot? Um, not. I mean, I do studies now, so those yeah. are like kind of my sketches. I do small little oil studies. 
just to get right. the idea out. Sometimes yeah. I'll sketch, um, but it's not it's not like I don't sketch a lot. But I, I mean, I've drawn all my life, so it's like it's it's a thing I can do at any time. Yeah, you know, it's like ingrained in me. But it's funny though because I'm. I think the last painting I did for the for not for the Dark Art Society show, um, but for the Roadside Attractions show, which is Chris Velasco's show in the other room at Copro. <laughs> so it's like the, yeah. the, there's the t- two shows at the same night. I did. Um, it's it's funny because the one I did for Dark Art Society is this graveyard zombie scene, and it was like I planned it out. I did a nice, pretty nice little study for it, not a super finished, polished thing, and then I painted it. And, um, you know, it's really detailed and involved and it took me a long time. And the one for roadside, I just had a canvas and I was like, ah, oh, I just need a break. I just want to yeah. mess around. I just want to fuck around like I used to. Cause I used to just start painting and not even yeah. have an idea. And I've gotten so far away from that because I've just gotten more efficient with my process. But now it's gotten right. to the point where it's like, I want to break free from that and just have some freedom again. So I just started whatever was left on my palette. I just put it all over the canvas and, and came up with this cool painting that was weird. It's really weird, but it's definitely like my style, but just more a little weirder and less prepared. And, and I really, yeah, right. I, I love that, that I, there's no way I would have thought of well, that's this. the best kind, man. Like yeah. when you slop the paint around and you pick stuff out of the yeah. paint, like that's something you cannot do digitally. I guess you can, I don't know, but or with <laughs> pencil and pen. Right. There's something about you know pushing paint around, yep. and you kind of start to see stuff in the details. You know, right. that's the kind I like the most. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll sketch like a if I know like okay I'm going to do a, a drippy skull or whatever. Like you know I'll, I'll sketch the outline of the skull, mm-hmm. but then I'll add all all the stuff around it just right on the board. You know, right, right. But my lack of preparation can be a nightmare because like I'll, I'll put on like when I start a painting I'll, I'll put like a neutral tone in the background, like maybe a brown or something mm-hmm. or a Same blue. Here. Yeah, and uh, I'll get halfway through the painting and be like, "Yeah, that background color is not you know." I essentially have to paint over every inch of it, right? Because I figure out like, "Yeah, that's not the color it's supposed to be," you know? <laughs> right? So I can't tell you how many times I get halfway through a painting and start to second guess how I got there, you know? right? It, it may, it, and if, if you just keep at it, man, it'll kind of start to come through, and you'll find what it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, that's how it is, you know. Because sometimes you know it's not working. That, well, see, this is why I started doing studies probably, uh, I don't know, like 2012, 13, maybe. I started doing a study for every painting because up till then I would just – I would paint the way we're talking. Where it's just yeah. like you paint or you have a rough idea and then you just go for right. it. And so I started, and and it's because I never did studies because I was so anxious to paint the thing. I just wanted to paint. Yeah, so excited about it. And so I just wanted—I couldn't be patient enough to do the studies. But then I started doing the studies um, because I kept getting to this point in the painting where, like, exactly what you're talking about, where it's like something's not. If I would have planned this, if I would have had some kind of map. I wouldn't have be dealing with this. And for me, it was like, it was usually compositional. Like right. the composition wasn't working and I, I put all this time into rendering and it looked great, but everything was just slightly off a little bit. And so I'd have to right. add some, you know, another element to balance it. And it, right. and it always worked out in the end, but yes. I don't. Sometimes you'll find something 
that way. Right. That you never would have planned. Yeah, which is cool. Trying to fix something that's like, like it needs need something up here, you know? Yeah, yeah, which is cool. But I was like, I don't know. I just, I wanted to, I, I wanted to try being more efficient and, and try that for, and then I started, um, I found I was able to sell the studies. Right. So I was like, okay, so now I've got a study. This helps me do the painting a little faster and it, right. and it makes the painting a little bit more enjoyable because I know what I'm going for. I have something to refer to. And studies are way easier, you know, a $300 study is a lot easier to sell than a, you know, $4,000 painting or whatever. Yeah. So then it was like, okay, these are making me money. They're helping me paint faster, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm at this point where I'm like, I want to get back to just the the messy, let it happen. There's really sometimes a magic there, you know. I'll lose like a day or two getting stuck on something. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man, this yeah. Is like I'll have a background where it's like, man, this is not working. And like, you'll, I'll walk around the house, you know, complaining and like, oh, this is, you know, this is it. And, you know, it's not working. And you just got to bully your way through it, yeah, you know? Yeah, you just got to yeah. like put, push and push. And, yeah. And, and sometimes you, like then you put it away, you put the painting away or wherever, you know, you come back to it a couple of weeks later. It's like, oh, this thing's perfect, man. Right, you I know. know. It's like, I it's, know. Because like when I finish a painting, like the, the ending is the worst part. Because uh-huh. I, I see all the spots that are not finished. Yeah. And eventually you have to walk away from it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I can, if I'm not careful, I'll overwork something and it'll lose some of the. Uh, Same here. That's what coolness. I was. Yeah. That's what I was so, going to say. Is that's why. That's another reason I started doing the studies because I was when I get stuck, I would end up overworking things and I was yeah. trying to paint looser. But anyway, continue. And what you were saying? What was I? Sorry. I no, 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 no. I, I mean, just. Uh, so you're, you over, have it would a get overworked. Yeah, overwork stuff. <clears throat> I forget where I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, do I don't it. know, man. I do it I all the time. lost my train of thought. That's my fault for interrupting. I just got too excited about no, it. No, no, no. no <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I'm, that for me, this is like kind of where I want to, um, I want to go in this direction again. I want to get back to kind of, kind of getting back to my roots really where, I'm, where it's more improv, improvisational and more playing and, and weirder because I got, you know, like people like I'm really uh, inspired by some of these younger artists like uh, Dos Diablos. I don't, do you know Dos yeah. Diablos? Oh, yeah, yeah. This stuff's fucking awesome. It's and It's weird, man. It's yeah, so weird. I know. Some of that stuff. And that's kind of what I, I'm It's like. I want to. So fleshy and weird. Man, <laughs> I know. You know? I want to get back to, to, to that kind of like things that don't make sense, like more of a surrealist version of the monsters that are just like weird nightmare images. You know? Yeah, because that's kind of yeah, – sometimes I get in a rut where it's like, like here is a skeleton. Here right. is this thing. And like I, I sometimes do want to break out of that. So I'll try to do stuff a little more – not abstract, but you, you kind of – you, you got to break out of your thing sometimes. Yeah, man. yeah. You, you, Especially you know. if you're doing illustration where you're just cranking stuff out. Like, you know. Right. I, I have to like, – between paintings, I need a couple like, – I used to just crank stuff out. And now I find if I'm – if I have too much of a full schedule, man, the work starts to suffer after like two, three in a row, man, they start to suffer. Really? So like I need, then I'll need like a couple weeks where I don't touch paint. Right. You know? So are I mean, are you doing is your, uh, do you have like a full schedule of uh, illustration work you're doing or album covers? Yeah. Or, uh, I usually have people waiting. So that's amazing. Yeah, like I, and I got turned down stuff a lot, you know, just because 
I just, I can't, I used to say yes to almost any, everything, unless it was, you know, obviously something I did not want to be involved with. <laughs> Cause then you know, there'd be like bands where I was like, I kind of don't mind doing it, but I just, I couldn't do it, man. Really? It just burned me out. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just can't do it. Wow. I can't you know, imagine. When I was younger, man, it, it, just, I used to just crank them out, man. And then, you know, sometimes it looked like, I mean, there's a few covers where it's, man, it just, oh God, man, they burn my eyes, man. <laughs> I look at them now and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> You know. I, I can't how many I wonder how many paintings you've done over your career man I photo like maybe like 15 years ago I went through and photographed all of them and it, it just took me like three four days man how many I have no idea it's and gotta, like, it's gotta be a lot <laughs> well if anybody ever wanted to compile a checklist of everything I've done it would be impossible because I've had artwork in the weirdest places man that really? it would be impossible for somebody to piece it together <laughs> just such i mean i have done every kind of weird illustration assignment you can dream of man really yeah do you have like regular clients you work with that, that yeah. get you illustration work like or do you, yeah, have, do you have like, an agent or how does it no. work because i've never done an illustration i mean i haven't done a lot of illustration work no i almost had an agent one time this huge new york rep contacted me one time and I said it was like around the time of the uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Your Flesh cover that was like this cat holding a dead bird. Mm -hmm. And that thing was it was in Spectrum. Yeah, it was in Spectrum. That's where I and first saw it. That, and that so I started getting all these calls about it. And I can't remember the name of the it was this huge agency. They didn't have a lot of genre guys. Mm -hmm. They had like one digital guy who did like X-Files book covers or something like that. I sent the portfolio and then they instantly just blew me off, man. Really? Like, yeah. And I was careful not to send blood and gut stuff you know? <laughs> because, well, also for a while I was really known for the gory stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and man, that, you know, I try not to do a lot of that. If I do the gory, it's always like now if I do it, it's a little bit over the top and kind of cartoon, like a guy will be ripping his guts out, you know? Right. Yeah. But like, I will not paint like this murderous kind of slasher stuff anymore because man it's just like you get a reputation for that that you it just takes years to get rid of man yeah you don't want to only do that i mean and like to me it was just you know horror movie imagery and then right. man, some people go nuts for that stuff man yeah you know? it's crazy that's that's it's like i that for me that the the whole gore thing was like uh like a phase it was a phase where it was really, yeah. I was really into it when I was a kid. Like I was, I was into it. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, you know, I was a gore hound. Man, yeah. Yeah. You know? Totally. But it's like, I, that, I, I ended up really getting, it was like, I, 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 it was more of a phase. And then I went back to the monsters and it's like yeah. the monster stuff to me, was always, it's, it's like about, you know, it's more creative. It's, yeah. you know what I mean? Although I, I still really love dead things for some reason like zombies and corpses right because they look cool man <laughs> it's just like i love the the you know? tech the the colors and uh, are you know i used to trip out i remember working on the blob we used to have um cadaver books like right. forensic yeah books. i got a bunch of those yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like some of the colors on of dead bodies are just beautiful they're amazing. It's like the way the body, the human body decays is like it's there's this beauty to it. As much as it's if you can kind of take yourself out of the 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 you know the 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 horror of it, yeah. it's a dead real person that has a family and that's died. Right. Just like there's this kind of like poetic 
beauty to it. Like I, I remember seeing like a dead body that had like this amazing look like airbrushing airbrush right. veins and this blue skin and it was like or organs even even guts yeah when you look at guts when they when when you see operations it's like the colors are so amazing well i i, I get these requests from bands and they're just like okay we want like an abortion scene yeah. with like and it's like dude i'm not painting that man <laughs> you know and i i another reason like i guess <laughs> I've got as I've gotten older, I have gotten a little softer, you know, in one yeah, way. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I swear I was like the last guy that was ever going to do that. Oh, I know. So but, yeah, it happens. You know, it just it happens. happens. Man, it's natural. You know? It's natural. So I, I just don't need a lot of that stuff now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I remember when I, I used to, you know, be kind of into being shocked at looking at yeah. violent, oh, yeah, violent yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. and all that rotten dot com stuff, and it's like. You know, I just, I got to a point, I don't know, maybe it's because I had kids or something. I just got to a point and it's like, it wasn't. Yeah, you don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, you're starting, you're relating more to the reality of that's, it. That's really of that era also. Yeah, true. I remember like the late 90s, man, there was like, the, like the mid to late 90s, there was like the serial killer thing and yeah. like, and you know, like the corpse photos and yeah, there was that. And, you know, d- d- y- there I was bet, an era of that. I bet you have that book. I bet you have this book. It's called Death Scenes. It's a black and white. Is it the Feral House book? Is that who who did I, that? I'm not sure, but it's it's black. It's basically this p- police officer's scrapbook from yeah. You have yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't have it, but okay. I've seen it. It's like well, I knew a guy in Japan who he would go to Colombia and photograph like bloated corpses, car acts. I mean, just the most vile oh stuff. My God. Man. Just to why, why do you do it just to do it? And it's all, but he, you know, and he would do books of it. Right. And then I saw we, my wife and I were at a bookstore in Tokyo and we, we knew a white guy who lived there, you know, a foreigner. Uh-huh. And he fell down some steps and died. And they took photos of his fucking corpse, man, put it in this like rock and roll magazine. Oh my God. Wow. And I was like, man, I don't know about this. Yeah. That, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know that if I would have tripped and fell on, down the steps or like, you know, they would photograph my corpse and put it in there. Yeah. Man. And you wouldn't like that. <laughs> you know? Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Oh, I was going to, I, 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 <laughs> I had a really good point. I was going to say something. Let me th- I do this at least once every episode. Um, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the what. what. So, like, when I do, gore, I still, if I do a gory thing, it's usually for like a existing horror movie, like an Italian horror movie or something. Yeah, where, like that one like you did a, with the the guy. The uh, yeah. What was it and called? It hasn't, uh, I think the, are you talking about the absurd Abs- cover? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, absurd. Or he's, he's like pulling his stomach out. It's like you know, it has an element of humor. To yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, that's about where I'm at on that. Because like I was known as a gore artist for like the longest time, and I consciously made a decision that I didn't want to do a lot of that. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I mean, I, I I wanted to get also into your 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 technique a little bit. Yeah. Um, you're are you in a you're acrylic? Or yeah, are you still doing acrylic? Did you ever try yeah. oils? Because I read yes. an interview ten years ago where you're like, I try every I couple try of years. Oils. <laughs> I just I cannot make it work, man. Really? I don't know if I'm. I've tried a lot of different oil paints, 
Is it? I've are talked you, to, you, you, so you you're using a medium and a drying medium and all that stuff. Well, because your stuff not. looks like oil, man. Your acrylic stuff totally looks like oils. Well, I, I had last time I tried it, I had the you know, professional oil paints, which somebody told me you've got to buy professional yeah, oil paints. Yeah. And the, as a thinner, I was using what was it called? Uh, it starts with a G, I think. Uh, Gamsol. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's all I had. Okay. And you're missing that. You're missing I, the key component. What? Please tell me. <laughs> you know, this is why I should have went to art school. <laughs> this is, you know. I mean, I, there are people that paint with just, you know. And it turns to mud. Yeah. It, it turns to mud. You know. It, I mean, you you don't need, if you're happy with acrylics, your stuff looks perfect. It doesn't look, it's not like you need to do it in oils. But, but just, you know, just for the hell of it. Uh, if you use like a a, a painting uh, medium, like um, I mean, a lot of artists use linseed oil, to, right? To kind of, it's so it's like to thin. You're using linseed oil or liquid, which is my. Now, go-to. are you thinning the paint or putting it on the board? You are every time you, you mix a little color and you do, yeah. you have a little blob of what I use is liquid, which is like a drying medium, right? And, um, and it th- it thins the paint like oils are all kind of different they're not the same consistency like some are kind of runny and some are stiff and so you can add a medium like liquid or something to make it a little more fluid so it's easier to paint with right but it also dries it so you can dry it it dries overnight so you can kind of do it in layers yeah that's an issue for me too it's like i'm always like at the last minute man trying to get something done right right like i can't let it sit around dry for yeah i i had to figure out a way of 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 working in layers that would like, you know, that basically I'd work this many hours and then I'd let it dry. And then, you know, to the point where I was like, when I was really, I wanted to keep painting, I would have a bunch of paintings going on. So I was like, okay, I've got to this stage. I'm going to set this aside and start working on this painting while this one's drying. Right. Um, But I mean, you can, I've gotten paintings to dry using a drying medium like liquid in if you do it thin enough in like 30 minutes, if you got it up against a heater or out in the right. sun, putting it out in the sun. Um, but you know, like I said, you already got, you got everything uh, down. You don't really need see, to for change me, it up. Man, I can't work on a couple, like different things at once like that. Cause oh, really? when I do a painting, I have like the first night where I'm trying to find what it is. Mm-hmm. Then the second night is when I paint almost the whole thing. Oh, wow. Not, not, you know, like, it all comes together on that second night. Okay. And then, you know, I still have to go through with details and add this and add that and sharpen this up, you know, and like, what am I going to do with that area? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I find that it, that second night, like the first night you're, you're like, okay, what's this going to be? I, I paint the face first because that's what I want to see. I want to see the face, which is a mistake because when I, I first start out, it's like a little, I'm a little rusty. You know, <laughs> it takes like a minute to get into right. that. Not yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to definitely. Get so that in the second, and I always start with the most critical part, which is the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I always kind of end up like, because eh. then later I'll, you know, I'll be painting the body or something. It's like coming together so perfectly, and it's like I wish the face looked like that. Right. <laughs> so then that I, I put it away, come back the next night, and man, that is when it all kind of comes together, and I see what it's going to be. Like it's like okay, it's going to have like a green sky or whatever. And then the rest of it's like a slog, you know, trying to sharpen the details yeah. and fixing this, and what the hell's going to go there. So, you know the the only thing about the the because uh, I've done acrylics, also, 
The only yeah. edge that that oils have. The, I mean, if if you like to blend, also oils are yeah. great because you can you can blend and blend. That's why I'm. A, that's what I want to do. Yeah, it's like the, I see those Brom paintings, man. Those things are so buttery looking. I know. <laughs> and it's like, man, that's what got me, man. Brom was a big one uh, that got me. Frizzetta, I've always been a big, huge Frazetta guy yeah. too. I mean, that was like my first first favorite artist. But um, uh, the thing about glazing is what's amazing with um oils like uh, do you ever do any transparent glazing with acrylics no, no just that you know i put a varnish on the end at the end right, yeah, that's right. but you can you can do uh glazing with oils over acrylics and uh right that, that might be something to to check out because it's pretty amazing doing these transparent glazes it really like has such does a that, cool look does that affect it. how the light hits it yeah, can you photograph it, or is it just on your like you notice it on the original? No, art? no, it's no, it's it's like it's like a stain. It's like putting a stain right. over it. Like it's got no right. opacity. It's it's transparent. It's it's like uh, it's like a stained glass window kind of thing. You know, light right. totally goes through it. You could see the underneath. It's just cool. What I like about it in the in the context of oils is I don't have to deal with the color while I'm painting it. Like I, I paint in all these, you know, real gray tones, you know, yeah. mostly warm and cool grays kind of. And if I want to punch up the color, like I want to put like, say I wanted to put like, you know, reddish in the nose and, and pinkish and, and get blotchy stuff. I just go in with a transparent, like an alizarin crimson with with medium and it's and you right. like paint it on and then you kind of wipe it off and it just right. like stains it. It's so cool. It's and it's it's just like it's really I don't know. It's really a, a cool look look you know well like i i use acrylics i and i am not the biggest fan in one way i like that they drive because like i know that's too fast that's the problem that's that's my issue it's like i went back i started with acrylics because all the makeup effect stuff was acrylic paint mostly yeah and so i had a lot of experience and uh with acrylics and then I did my first paintings in acrylic and I was like, I learned, kind of learned how to paint with acrylics. And I was like, okay, I want to try oils because all my favorite painters are oil painters. So I was like, ah, this is hard. <laughs> and I yeah. taught myself, but I like stuck with it. And then yeah. once I figured it out, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then I just was like, I never went back. And then, you know, in 2010 ish, I, uh, I, broke out the acrylics again because I, I wanted to get a painting done really fast for a yeah. show. And I was like, these dry too fast. They're yeah. drying on my palette. Like it was it was difficult because I was used to paints that, you know, I, I leave my, my oil paints sitting out on the uh, palette just sitting there all the time. Yeah. And, and they don't, and they just kind of get a skin over them, you know. But Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like the acrylics... They're great, and, and I I have like a, such a weird technique because like I never yeah I what is your technique weird, but, I, I'm curious because because like I was never taught and I just wanted these images to exist right. so and like I had to almost teach myself again how to paint because I used to do the airbrush which had there's a lot of laws to the airbrush yeah about, that's like, a totally different trip and, yep and so how I, I mean, I, what's I, your I technique was, I mean what, I work on midtones and pick out highlights and then put in some shadows I think that's what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. paint like a mid-tone and I start picking out the face a little bit. You know, that's always the, the same and picking out a few muscles like on the arm or something like that. Mm. And 
if there's like a spot that I know is going to be a nightmare, I always have to start from there <laughs> because like, if I, if I don't get that right, the rest of it doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, you just kind of keep, you basically are, are building up, you're just building up, building up layers. It sounds like you paint yeah, sometimes, like the way I paint, in, but I'm doing and it in And sometimes oils. the paint gets overworked and you can see it's kind of thick and that right. bugs me. And also I get like little, I like little dried acrylic stuck in the paint. Right, like you know, I hate boogers, that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll actually, if, if I work, overwork something, I'll go get some sandpaper, man, sand it down a little bit and paint over it again. Because like, wow. When I used to do the airbrush paintings, I would get spots that were overworked, and it would get really reflected and not photographed. Right, correctly. right. Man, oh, I used to hate that. Man. <laughs> it used to drive me. It's like I would have to have at that point. Now I photograph them myself. Oh, but really? At that point, you know, I'd have to drive it you know an hour away and have like a four by five transparency made yeah four by five transparencies i remember i had a i had a pretty good place that was pretty reliable but in one way you could not control how some of that stuff looked so if you had a reflective spot you were fucked man did did they do you use a a a polarizing filter because that's what my my photographer uses that that's because i I haven't been able to figure out how to i tried that and I was getting like a gray, it was getting gray looking. Now huh. maybe I wasn't, I mean, I have tried every combination of so you, lights. What, what are you photographing your paintings with? Do you have like a... Right now, I, mean, I just use fluorescent lights. What kind of camera though? Is it like a, a DSLR? It's just like a Canon DSLR. Yeah, yeah, Canon. And yeah. I have tried every kind of, I've tried photographing them in this. Like I have a few canvas paintings, not many because I gave up. I couldn't get that detail and. I could never get those things to photograph right. Oh, really? Because the texture would catch the light. You know, mm-hmm. I tried photographing them outside. Oh, scanning yeah. them is a nightmare, man. I remember trying I, to I, scan a, a canvas painting is terrible. It's awesome, like, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I, that's. I, I mean, I, I've. I would. I, w- and I, I still. I got to take it into Photoshop, and if there's like a reflection or something, I'll take it out in Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always try to have, and there's sometimes I'll fix something in Photoshop, but not often, mm-hmm. because I, you know, obviously want the painting to be the one that every, you know, that image is the, what I want. I want it to be as close to the printed image as For possible. Sure. Yeah. But you know, I'll go in like something. I'll photograph, and I'll still get like a little hot spot or something. I'll go mm-hmm. in Photoshop and put a layer over it to to you know cool it or warm it up i guess you'd say but yeah yeah it's still, i can't just you know and with especially with the bigger paintings man they are just a nightmare to photograph yeah like i, I wonder how some of these guys do it you know like I, every five years or so i'll google it to see if there's uh, some new technique or yeah it just never helps man i gave up i've been having i uh, this guy um larry underhill he's like you know it's like 40 minutes from me um so i just take him and he photographs them and they're amazing. They're yeah. great. Um, and, and, uh, I, 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 he, he told me he uses a polarizing filter. And so it's like, he never gets, I tried that too, man. He never gets, uh, reflection. Reflection. It's amazing. Yeah. Every, then I, I started noticing the blacks look gray. So yeah, maybe I was doing something wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, I don't, he's like, a, that he was a photographer for, uh, JPL, which is jet propulsion laboratory in Pasadena. Right. Which you know he would photograph parts yeah. of like rocket ships, right. you know bolts and stuff for cataloging stuff. So he's like totally knows photography. Um, yeah. So I just you know I I've got a camera now that I could take 
good pictures, but um, I just I can't I can't. My stuff is always like I I think it's because I maybe because I paint I have so many dark areas they always yeah. reflect. Like I was looking at my my dad was a painter, and he was you know did a lot of illustration and all his stuff is real was real like high chroma really bright and it right. and it's like I had after he died I had some of his stuff photographed and it was like the photographs were so easy for that he took the picture they were perfect it's like they were painted to be photographed and my stuff's all like murky and dark and it's like really hard i've got like a super wide range of value like super black all the way to white and it's like really difficult for him to deal with you know well i know when i photograph the paintings I don't know if it's the digital photography or my lighting, but man, it just, it never looks like the original artwork. There's, yeah. there's just something that does not translate. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know why that, if I'm, you know, I always I mean, have but, to... but you look at it, it looks accurate. It's right. detailed. It's the levels are right. Right. But man, it's it just the way that the paint hits the, the, the light or something. I don't know what it is, man. I think, I think especially, you know, if you, uh, I mean, they say that, they say that there's like, especially with um, at least the stuff I've read about oils and transparent layers. It's like, yeah, they say there's like, I don't know how, I don't know how it would be possible to, to, to judge that, but it does seem like there is this kind of depth, even though it's like minuscule layer yeah. of transparency. It seems like it wouldn't show up, but it, it does. Um, yeah. I mean, the first thing I do is I, I get my photos back from him and I, um, Cause he takes them like, uh, the, like, uh, HD, HDR high definite. Right. Yeah. The you know? high dynamic range. High dynamic range. And I think you go, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And then I, it opens up in that weird sub program in Photoshop. Yeah. And then you've got all the controls. Um, and I always get it looking at least to my monitor as close as I can. But it's funny because, I just had up this that, that graveyard painting photographed by him, yeah, and it, it was such a rush. I sent it to him, and <laughs> uh, I had my kid, you know, drive it. He's <laughs> like, drive it for me, and then go bring it back. And um, I was like, man, I should have painted little red dots in the eyes. That would look so cool. And so I was like, okay, let me look see if this is worth it in Photoshop. So I took it in Photoshop. Right. I painted him in, and I was like, God damn it! I can't believe I that's what it needed it was and so what i did is i went and painted i i took the varnish off uh you know it was on one eye and then on these two little eyes of a a zombie in the background i took the varnish off and i went in and and just painted them quickly right it didn't need to be much and then i photographed that with my iphone just my iphone just went up close brought it into photoshop and this erased everything other than the uh, carefully erased everything other than and i positioned it I matched it up, positioned it perfectly, and it's like, you know, it looks exactly like if he would have photographed it. So Right. It's just <laughs> it was such a, a pisser that, that I uh Well I, I photograph him with a color chart too. Yeah, that's so what I, he does I, too. It, it, he does and... that, but it's never it, you know, you're supposed to be able to go like do that eyedropper on the black yeah, and eyedropper like, on the, the white. The white is the one I yeah. And it's like I never never gotten that to work personally. Well, you you also I think you have to do it. I I end up doing it just by sight. Yeah, yeah. And you got to have your monitor calibrated correctly, which yeah. is its own fucking nightmare. I know. You know. I, I went um, through that phase where I tried and tried to calibrate it. I bought one of those weird little things you stick on the screen, and yeah, I could never spider. figure it out. Yeah. 
I've got one somewhere, and it's like I, I eventually just got a Mac and hope for the best. <laughs> do you do you photograph them before you varnish them? Uh, no, I, I varnish them because and, – and then I let him deal with the hot spots yeah. with the polarizing filter. Because the the thing about – one thing about – I don't think – this maybe isn't true with, with acrylics, but oils will be certain areas – when the painting's dry, some areas will just dry flat and they're not like – really the right color until they have right. this layer of varnish over them and some areas will be rich like they're they eventually look so so you kind of have to or i right. you know it's especially it's for the dark stuff too like blacks and, and yeah and dark colors it's like they they kind of they sink in and they don't look right until they have a thing of varnish but i use yeah what are you varnish with what are you using for varnish windsor and newton uh gloss like i, I used to do like a matte hmm. varnish because like I kind of hated to varnish them, you know? So I would try to make the varnish look almost invisible. Then I said, let me try. And then I went to satin. Uh huh. Then I ended up on gloss. Cause I, I thought it just made the, from a fine art perspective, it just makes it look, you know, it brings out all the colors. The yeah. blacks get blacker. Like you so Yeah. Now I just use gloss, you know? Yeah. I love, I'm a, I'm a gloss guy. Yeah, it took me a while to get there, though. Yeah, because like my, so my nice. first instinct was like, I want just the pure painting, you know. No. Right. And all, and also, I was always considering like, well, what if it has to get photographed again? Right. Yeah. But sometimes I'll take a photo after the the varnish is on there because you know it looks so good and it doesn't look that different. But. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're photo- photographing everything, it's kind of like self-contained you can kind of like yeah not varnish and then photograph it if you need to or varnish and well man the technology in one way is crazy i mean you can finish a painting like and you know i photograph them myself like it's like you don't even have to leave the house anymore i know you know i know <laughs> like I, I used to i remember like driving paintings to relapse right. and then they would have them photographed <laughs> and like i one of the mortician covers man somebody stuck a pen right into it and there's like a hole in the original artwork. Somebody's just being a clown, you know. No, on purpose. So then or? I was like, yeah, I, what I imagined was happening. Like that office was crazy. So I imagined like, hey, fuck Wes, watch this. And bam, you oh know, like he'll God. flip out when he sees that. And, <laughs> and I saw they reprinted that record recently. You can see that where the pen, you know, there's a hole that's kind of covered <laughs> up. You can see it, man. I guess they never realized it was there. You fix it in Photoshop so easily. Yeah, easy now. Yeah, I know. But they didn't realize it was there. So that's after funny. that, I was like, okay, man, I'm going to have these things photographed myself. And I found a shop that did the transparencies. Right. So, you know, it's great now because you don't even have to leave the house. I mean, you I can know. do almost everything in house, man. I know. You know, I love that. I mean, I. Yeah, I do. Too, <laughs> like when I was younger, it was like, okay, man, I'm going to drive this painting, man. Is that, it has to do it, you know? And oh, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> oh yeah, I used to, I remember when I was when I was uh, transition trying to transition to fine art while I was working in effects. I'd be working on like Planet of the Apes, at, you know, at Rick Baker's, right. and being all like, "Fuck this, man! I'm sick of this shit." <laughs> you know, which is like this amazing job of sculpting yeah. gorillas and monkeys. It's like it's so cool looking back. But I was at the time I was like, I gotta get out of this, and. uh I take my lunch break and I was like, I had to go and drop a painting off at the, at the gallery that I got a show in. And so I'd like, you know, had the painting with me run out to my car and try and yeah. make it down there and drop it off and, and come back in time for my lunch break. Yeah. It was like, that's what you had to do. 
Yeah. It was like, yeah, I was always like hustle. racing to get, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was always the last minute, man, you know? Yeah. I don't know who was, I don't know what artist, if it was Travis Louie or Brom or one of these guys, one of these illustration guys talking about, you know, the FedEx guy coming and yeah. having a wet painting there, you know, trying, yeah. you know, trying to dry it while the guys sitting, the FedEx guy sitting there yeah. waiting. Yeah. I had a regular FedEx person also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you don't even have a FedEx guy, right? Yeah, I know, man. But you're doing shows now, so you're doing shipping. So how, yeah, how you show- yeah, that's always a nightmare. Yeah. How- yeah every time I ship a I, I had one really classic record cover painting disappeared oh, via no, UPS. Really? Oh, my yeah, God. it was a nightmare. It never turned. It's somewhere. Somebody has it, man. Oh, my like, God. I don't want to say which one it is. It's not Slayer, uh, <laughs> but it's it's one of the classics, man. It's missing. Oh my god! I mean, the, the guy who you know, I got I got my money for the artwork, but and still, the person who paid for it, they got their money back, right? But it's like, yeah, somebody, yeah, like UPS just walked out of the UPS building, like they couldn't find security footage, or so that was a few years ago. And since then, man, every time I ship one of these paintings, I'm just like, man, I don't know. <laughs> You never uh, know, man. That's what's cool about one of the cool things about being in LA is I don't have to worry yeah. about shipping stuff. And you it's know. expensive too, you know. Yeah, I know. Especially now. I, I always do USPS though, man. I've always done that. It's like That's who I've always used. And oh, but really? now but now I'm a little nervous with that. I know because you know, you're you know, fucking with the system. Yep, everything's it's definitely Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, things are definitely taking longer. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and for me, like I'm always like a last minute guy, man. So mm-hmm. it's like it's a nightmare. So what? How 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 do you divide up your, uh, you know, your fine art versus your illustration work? Do you kind of just do the fine art shows when they come up? Or yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, yeah, it's um, just whatever has the most intent you know whatever's the next deadline you know that's what i do next yeah <laughs> it's just deadlines de- it's always De-deadline deadlines deadline to deadline wow yeah that's like, pretty you know, put, putting out fires kind of, you know yeah, okay, yeah. I, I try to hold off one person like okay let me yeah <laughs> but that's all it's all i've done since i was like 18 or 19 so it's just like a way of life right you know? right because like you know you hear people these days they talk about the gig economy like it's right. this new thing. That's all I've ever known. Yeah, right, right. It's like you know, kind of freelance stuff. Yeah, and I'm just so used to it. And it, it like, like my mom, man, she worked for the state until mm-hmm. she retired, and she could never take like a freelance lifestyle, like oh, a gig. Yeah. It, it's man. Yeah, you're I know. constantly putting out fires and trying to hold. Like, okay, man, just give me one more day to kind of do this and. There's less of that now because like I just reached a point where it's like I'm not going to do this anymore, man. It's done when it's done. I, I mean, I respect deadlines. Mm. I'm a little bit better at budgeting my time. Mm. But man, I used to go nuts, man. I mean, I, I remember like literally running down the street to drop off a painting before the uh, photographer closed. <laughs> yeah. And man, it's <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff you do when you're younger. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's cool you're able to, I don't know, chill out a little more now and, and set your own t- terms. Try, I'm degree. trying. 
know? Yeah, to some degree. Are you, are you, uh, I mean, what's your, do you have like an, an end goal or are you just kind of still, this is just my life and I'm just going with it? Or do you have like, are you trying to work towards something? Man, or? Like I just, I just reached a point where I just like, I don't want to say day by day, but you know, I try to find projects that are cool. I, mm-hmm. I can get something out of and, you know, pay the bills obviously. And like, I, I'm just kind of doing my thing, man. Like I, I like the artwork now. I think it's some of the best stuff I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think so. so. I, I just kind of roll with it. You know, it kind of is what it is, man. Yeah. Like I, I don't really have an end game. No, like, I'm not like okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. like I used to kind of be like that, and then just the the point yeah, you know, it's just it's so random. Like suddenly you'll meet somebody and it's like mm-hmm. oh okay. Next thing you know, you're, you spend the next five years with this with this person. Right. <laughs> you know, like working with them or. It's, and like I've met so many people that have like taken me to dinner and they're like, man, we're going to do this. and We're going to do that. And you're going to make a million bucks and it's going to be the, and it's just blowing smoke, man. You know, <laughs> like just, so I, it's not that I don't take it seriously, but I, I just yeah. have a different point now. I just kind of roll with it. That ha- yeah. That happens. Try to do my thing. You know, that happens to you enough times and you start, you start going, yeah, right. Everyone's yeah, got heard this- that so many times. Everyone's man. got this amazing idea you got to do. And it's just kind of, they're trying this- to rope you into doing a lot of work yeah. for not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, sometimes it's paid off. I mean, sometimes, you know, like I said, sometimes you meet somebody that you're going to spend the next 10 years like working with this guy right. or woman, you know, and it's just like, so you never know. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've gotten better at kind of figuring out like what was BS and what's not. Like right. sometimes I'll be approached by, like recently I was approached by somebody with a little bit of an oddball project. And I was like, man, it sounds like it could with like a bigger band. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like, mm, this could be cool. And then I talked to them a little bit and they were decent. Like there was no red flags, but I could tell they didn't exactly know what they wanted. Oh, really? And I, was, <laughs> and I just don't want to get involved. In this, man, you know, <laughs> they, they seem cool. You know, they had a budget, but man, you, you got it. Like you can't just go for the buck, you know? Right, yeah. Even like sometimes you have to, but like I try not to be, you know. I have like a little leeway that I, I can pick projects a little more than I used to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You know, I, one do you do you do a lot of like your your own merch and stuff? Is that like a big thing for you, or is it just not the, like once in a while I'll do a book, like a small limited edition book, mm. like especially if I'm going to do some kind of show. You don't do a lot of but prints or anything. I, I used to do like a print every year, and they sell okay, but. I, I used to, man, make so many T-shirts. Like, That's the thing I was going to bring up is in those shirts. Two thousands. Those yeah, shirts were bad, badass, man. These those... things were in Kohl's. Really? Then, Are you serious? Yeah, man. And I got some huge royalty checks from those things. How did you? What? what how did that happen? Because I were, was, those shirts I just, were amazing. Man, I the knew printing was and, so good on those. And the yeah, man, that was JSR. What's and, JSR? Like, I, I knew, uh, JSR Direct, they, were, they eventually became a metal merchandising company. Okay. But for a long time, they had like some alternative, like they were around since the 90s. And they did a lot of alternative bands. They they eventually got more metal mm-hmm. after I left them. But not, not because of me or anything. <laughs> they wanted to do these Halloween shirts and he the guy basically let me do whatever I want. Nothing too gross. Uh-huh. And... It's, you know, some of them sold good. Some of them, man, nobody was into. Hmm. And, you know, Coles picked up some of them. 
and man, they just bought so, But I noticed the ones in Kohl's didn't have the best printing. I think oh, they were outsourcing really? some of the, you know, because they just had to do so many. And the, with Kohl's, you know, they had to be tagged. You know, you have to right. give them to Kohl's tags and stuff. All, you know, so yeah. they might have had to outsource them a little bit. But so it was like a royal, royalty deal. Yeah. Wow. That's. I cool. could have. I could have taken money up front. Like, I can't remember the amount, like X amount per design. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I'm going to go for the royalties. And that is something that you, know, you really got to, like, I hear that story all like, Sometimes you got to go for it. But, you know, sometimes you don't get anything from it. It's a roll of the dice. I know, I know, I know. And, but, like, it's funny because some of the, like, I had to do, like, 12 shirts one time. And, man, by, like, the sixth, seventh, eighth design, I was running out of gas, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, now I would do, like, okay, I'm just going to do a skull with tree roots or something, man. Like, in some graves and just, like, piece it, cobble it together. Uh-huh. And that, like, ended up being one of the most popular designs. Yeah. And, like, I, I felt like, okay, I got nothing, man, you know. <laughs> That's what happens sometimes. It, if I crank out too much stuff, man, you know, I, I run out of gas. Yeah. You know, I, I need like a little time to kind of get back into it and get, mm-hmm. you know, inspired. It's funny how sometimes the ones that you just like don't give a shit about, know, you throw man. together, end up being like super popular. Then the thing that you thought was so amazing, nobody I know. Likes. Like the ones that I was into, like nobody got. Them. <laughs> That's like kind of like when you show multiple, ske- the classic situation of where you got to submit five sketches. And it's like, okay, right. I'm going to like. This, I'm going to do one killer one. And I'll just make up anything for the other ones. Yep. And they will always, <laughs> man, always pick the one you did not want to do. This is exactly every time. This is how exactly how makeup effects was too. When you do you maquettes, can't, and you can't game the system either. Yeah, no, you, no. You'll be like, okay, I man. I know this is the one to do. <laughs> I'm going to just do something that they couldn't possibly be into, and that's what they'll be into every time, man. Every it never time. fails. Every time, it's like a weird law of nature. It's crazy. But then every once in a while you'll meet somebody with the same sense as you and you're on the same page and, you know, so you never know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely gotten better at kind of picking who to kind of go with and, you know, maybe like I'll just do a one-off for somebody. But, you know, some people you get a scent, you kind of work with them a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. There's there's bands like Cattle Decapitation. I've been working with him for almost 20 years now. Yeah. You know, Travis from the band and – you know, sometimes you just meet these people, man, that you end up working with them for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah, I've, it's like Tool. I, you know how, I started yeah, you working that in 98. It's like it's still not much, but I do a little bit now and then. Uh, yeah, you, the other thing I want to ask you about was that your short film. Have you done more than I, – I know of the, the – uh, uh, it's called uh, – I just watched it. It was really Hold cool. Hold Your Fire. Hold Your Fire, yeah. Have you done – uh, a lot of those or is I've only seen that one. Well, I, I did that one in around 2009. Yeah. I remember like, when I played first, all the biggest festivals, man. I was I, like, okay, this is it. When it this first came out, it. when it first came out, I was like, I saw the first shot of that guy with the gas. Mask, I was like that motherfucker. <laughs> Cause it was so my aesthetic. I was like, he did it first. Right. It was so, I mean the, the, the colors, the fog, the wind, the World War II looking or Vietnam right. era kind of guy with I mean, it was just so like my shit. I, I mean, I, just my what I love. You right. know, it was so awesome. So awesome. so it played all these huge, like the biggest festivals in the world, man. Like I, I couldn't get it in the Sundance. Right. That, they they wouldn't. And, you know, there was a couple that said, but 
I was like, okay, this is going to be it, man. This is going to launch me into like a directing career. Right. You know? <laughs> like I, I got some nibbles from people and it just, I couldn't make it go anywhere. Right. So then I was like, I realized like, man, short films are almost not worth anything. I mean, it's almost just like prom- like a promotional video because right, right. you can't really charge money for them. Right. Or just to do as an art project to do something. So cool, that was, you know? ten- yeah, exactly. I mean, I love doing it. Yeah. That's, yeah. How was it? That's what so, I was going to ask you is how did you like the filming? Oh, it was process? a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. So cut to 10 years later, I'm working on another one right now. Oh, really? It just completely spiraled out of control, man. Oh, I was man. like, I'm going to finish this during the pandemic, you know, during the quarantine, and people are going to be thirsty for content. And I am still on the weekend shooting this thing. Man. Oh, really? <laughs> one shot every weekend, man. What? It's just like you start, you're putting it together and you're like, oh, it needs one more. It needs an extra well, shot here. Or yeah. That's, this one you know, didn't work. And yeah, you kind of like, oh, you know, the head's turned the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Or, and like, you know, I don't have a big crew or anything. And man, it's just like, you have to like build every prop. Right. I mean, you know how this is. Yeah. Man. yeah. It's like, you can't just, you want to show something and, and you know, half the time the effects don't work, man. Yeah, oh man, I know. <laughs> like that, that the uh, in Hold Your Fire, the guy in the wheelchair, that was a puppet, which yeah. I'm sure everybody knows. But man, that That's thing cool. started out; it was cable controlled. Then they broke right away. Right. So by the end, man, I just had my hand rammed up the back. <laughs> you know? It was just like whatever, man. Whatever you know? works. But oh my god, it's like the, with the effects, man. It's like. They never like. Yeah, I'm not a professional effects guy. You know what I mean? I, I cobble together like some techniques and stuff. And did you build the puppet? Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. That's a great puppet, man. Yeah. You sculpted I, I, I like, it. Yeah, man. I was really inspired by Jordu. Oh that yeah. Face. I mean, that's who I was kind of looking at his wrinkles and stuff. Jordu's an amazing sculptor. Yeah. Man. That's awesome. You sculpted that. I didn't realize. That's like, you know professional film level sculpting. I, I tried so hard on that thing, man. <laughs> and like you... I said, I mean, everybody liked it, man, but it just seemed like it just went nowhere, man. Yeah. And like, I still, people still ask me, I mean, people like it when they see it, but I think it's just the nature of a short film. Like, I wonder why I'm doing it, but that's, I, I love doing it though, really? even though it's so stressful, man. I know. I, I can, it's like, I want to do one so bad. And it's like, you know, and now that I'm great. a little bit older, man, like like you're kind of leaning over the props and stuff, and you know, all night, man. By the end of the night, I'm just wrecked, man. Or I bet, yeah. You know, it's, I wish I had the energy I had when I did Hold Your Fire. Well, if you had like a a, a full crew that was building the stuff, and then you just had to yeah. direct yeah, it, that would be and, amazing. Yeah, you know, had a money person that was like making sure. Yeah, everything... and that's another thing, man. If you if you have too much money and you want to light it on fire, man. Make a, you know, make a movie, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I, I can do it pretty low budget, you know, cause like I make everything myself, wow. but mostly, you know, I, occasionally I'll have somebody help with something. Right. So wow. I, I can do it as cheaply as possible, you know? So you like, you sculpted that puppet and cast it and molded and glued it? the hair on. Yeah. And, did the, and painted it and yeah. what did you cast it in? It's just latex. Wow. Which that's... I kind of wish now, like with the silicone I stuff, know, you get, I, know. I wish now it was in silicone. Yeah, silicone's awesome. But stuff. I ended up doing a little digital movement in, in After Effects to kind of give it some expression. Oh, cool, cool. But yeah. it had you know, had an eye that moved and everything. And, that, you know, and half the time it wouldn't show up. Right, right. It just, you know, that's the nature <laughs> of that stuff. I mean, it's so frustrating. Yeah, After it's Effects. part is... of me that loves doing it. You yeah. Know? After Effects is so great. I love After Effects. You can do so much yeah. cool shit with that. 
See, I like that much more than uh, like the 3D software. Right, yeah. You know, After Effects, I can wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. But the, the 3D stuff, man, you got to attach textures to it, and there's just so many variables. Oh, I know, I know. I was the just, way the light hits the, you know. I was just talking to another guest about 3D. I don't even remember who it was. We've done so many of these podcasts at this point. But um, I got really into 3D in right. the late 90s, and um, <clears throat> it really taught me a lot about painting. Right, because there's so many. It breaks down like the you know the way light you know it's all it's got all these technical terms for light going through skin, yeah, and, occlusion or whatever yeah, it's called. yeah, and yeah. I know, man. Like I can never, yeah, specularity, that's, that's specular highlights, all this shit. I was like, what is a spec? I had no idea before, yeah. and it and was like, I, I realized I didn't want to know in one <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't want to learn all that stuff. It, it's so it's so difficult. It, it's it's cool, but. Oh, it's you can do some crazy. Like I need like a high school kid or something. Like man, you know, somebody to come in there and do that stuff. For. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I have no budget for that. <laughs> That's so. It's like you're you're kind of single handedly doing these this this movie. Yeah, my wife is helping. Like I had some people come in and help a little bit, and it, it was just impossible. Why is that? Yeah, because like I don't have a script. Oh, like okay. I know I know what I want. Uh huh. And then in the middle of it, it kind of morphed into something else. Okay. It's just like you can't subject people to that stuff, man. You know, you need to have a script and you need to have it locked down. Right. And uh, I, I just, you know, I like every element of it, even though it's exhausting. Yeah. And I, I do get tired of it. Like, just, like last weekend, I did nothing, you know. So what do you think? Go ahead, man. Well, what, what, when do you think you're going to finish it? Do you have any idea or is it just. I mean, it was supposed to be done like a couple months ago and I still have one section I got to do. And like, I had to make like a fake brick wall and then yeah, that, that stuff just takes so long. I do. You know, <laughs> it'd be so every- easy to, if, if you could hire someone, someone could just yeah. crank it yeah. out. Probably. I, mean, but- I probably could, but man, I don't have, have a big budget for this right. stuff. Man. Cause it's not going to make money. Like, and as far as like what I'm going to do with it when it's done, I have a few ideas, but man, who knows, man. Huh. But like you know, you're not going to make money off of it, right? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, wow, it just has to exist. <laughs> like I, I want to see it, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you know. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the reason you do it, really. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, that's the that, thing, man. You know, you want to. Like, that's why you do these paintings and stuff. Like I want to see these things, right? Man. Like yeah. I, I think of the audience, and you know, the viewers of the artwork and stuff. I do consider them. Like I'm not going to. You know, I, I hope they dig it. Right. The paintings. You know, I always think of like, especially like the metal covers. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know who the audience is mm-hmm. and you want them to dig it. Like, you want a cover that everybody loves. Right. So, you know, I do consider that. I don't just blindly do like in the late 90s, man. I was extremely difficult to, when I was doing like, I would just do, had to do what I wanted, man. Like I had, oh, really? had five years under my belt. And like the record labels, they'd be like, you got to do a concept sketch. Like, no, I don't have to do that. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Right? <laughs> this is maybe after five, six years of painting. Right. And I would like, no, you have to do a sketch. So I would do a sketch that was purposely something completely different than what I was going to paint. Just to be like a painting. I don't know wow. what line. <laughs> then I would just deliver this crazy painting. And sometimes yeah, there was issues with that. That's kind of like, ballsy. That's pretty well, ballsy. Just, man, just, just gassed up man you know 
And then, like, I kind of came down to earth a little bit. I think every artist maybe has that period. Where, like, nah, you know, I'm, you're still like a novelty. Yeah. So you're getting some heat, you know? Right, right. Now I'm doing this, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought, like, my experience is, like, you have that first wave, you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. where you're like a novelty. And then I think it's the most hard because, like, you have to continue to bring it man right you know because yeah. like people know your stuff and they're not as, and then somebody new comes along there's always somebody new man mm-hmm. so you're in a position where you gotta you know you gotta bring your a game at that point yeah you gotta quit you know doing tricks and stuff man you gotta do some good work man right yeah well i'm sure this is especially true in the illustration especially for the 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 metal album cover scene yeah especially well, that, that audience is so loyal man like metal the metal audience, man, they, they will be there for life, hmm. you know, but yeah. I like Eddie Van Halen died today and I wasn't like the biggest Van Halen fan. Like, I mean, I liked him when I was younger, right? but I saw somebody commented on like, man, the, the metal scene is getting pretty old now. Like the, the people, that's something I do think about. Right. <laughs> it seems like there's always kids that are into it though, man. You yeah. Know? Like I know, like, so I, I don't worry about it, but you got, you got to wonder sometimes. Well, it's like your your fan base is kind of growing old with you in a way. You know, it's like that's yeah, you gotta I, keep man. You know, it's like I, I definitely see my fan base is like uh, around. It seems like they're maybe uh, ten years younger than me, right? And it's like I think there's been like you know ten to fifteen year gap maybe, and they and they're getting older. And it's right. like the older they get, they can start to afford to buy originals. Maybe they right. were buying prints when I first started out. And so it's like they kind of grow with you. I mean, it's cool. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool, you know. Um, <clears throat> that kind of loyalty is amazing, really. You and, know? you know, I, I was thinking this week that I wonder if, like, culturally right now is, like, a changing of the guard a little bit. I, I don't know if it's because of just the pandemic thinking or something, but I, I wonder if like there's going to be a shift culturally in like maybe some of the older actors and stuff are not going to be quite as relevant. Like, like there's the, the youth are kind of getting a little bit I, older now and I, they don't give a shit about this actor or that. Right. director. I wonder, man, you I know? think, you know what, honestly, I think it's happening all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's that. Yeah. You know, I just I, wonder if it's going to be a big shift. This, yeah. this era, man, something made me think of that. It's, I don't I, know if I'm just, you know, feeling old. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. I'm looking at my own mortality, but um, I, I, I know, think I think about that a lot. Just, just like I know that you don't want to chase trends. You know, you don't want to chase. That's the worst, man. right? Right. Because I've tried that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. A little bit within, yeah, within my genre. <laughs> yeah. I but just, go ahead, man. I, I, I just see, I, you know, I know there's like. Uh, you see a lot of younger kids. It's like, you know, when I grew up, it was like rock music was Man, the, the main yeah. music for for people my age, and it's like it's not anymore. Yeah, it's like, it's like, not I, even... I don't think they these kids care at all about like Zeppelin. You know, yeah, stuff yeah, like, that, <laughs> exactly. like they do not care because <laughs> like my generation, Generation X, I guess. Yep. Yeah, we still kind of had those grew up under the shadow of those guys. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder now these kids and... like. Yeah, I was into all that stuff. It was like it was kind of over. 
But because yeah. my brother, I had an older brother who was into you know Led Zeppelin and the Who and all these yeah. bands and the Beatles and stuff. So it's like I was I grew up on that stuff, <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's like there's a whole crop of people that you know don't know one of the Beatles names. They don't know who John yeah. Lennon was. But you, know, it's but some weird. of that stuff. I'm glad is dying. Like you know, a, some of that that boomer stuff, man. Like I, I don't mind it, it's out of the spotlight a little bit. Like what are you talking about? Like uh, specifically, like, like, like you know, I I like Led Zeppelin as an example. Like, uh-huh. I'm not a huge fan, but like, like them in the Doors, like I don't mind that like, they were just so huge my whole life. Oh yeah, yeah. And I kind of don't mind that. Oh right, right. Not right. Th- their shadow is not, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really articulating exactly. It's I weird. Think. People don't realize it, but they were like, they were, they were like, I don't even know who's popular now. Like who's popular, like in pop music. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I don't, I, I Beyonce. know. Of these. <laughs> like Beyonce or something. Right. It's like Led Zeppelin and, and, and uh, the doors, they were like Beyonce yeah. that big. They were the main thing. And it's like, now it's like this kind of pop, music is the main thing it's rock music is like over on the side i wonder if people are still buying guitars man you know what i mean (laughs) i wonder what the numbers are like for that yeah that's a good question yeah and and the the culture man the turnover now it's it's like you have to have new content constantly it's weird it's weird because like i i was saying to my wife like a week ago it's like i remember uh, here I'm talking like an old man again, but <laughs> like in the like late eighties, nineties, you would maybe see like one or two for new Frazetta paintings that maybe you never saw before. Like mm-hmm. you would, maybe they would use one on a record cover or a book cover. Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't constantly be seen unless you were just obsessively seeking, you, know, you wouldn't see a new Giger painting, you know, unless you seek look yeah, sought out his right. books. You know, like you might see a magazine cover, like airbrush <laughs> action. It would have, you know, but now, man, it just seems like there's this thirst for new content that, like, you know, you, you can, like, oh, who's Frank Frazetta? You, you, know, you instantly see a hundred pieces, man. Right, yeah. By Googling it, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's and, the, you know, the internet has changed everything. And you had to really, yeah, I know, man. I guess I'm sounding like an old man now. It's, but, you know. My, my point is about the con- cranking out this content. Yeah, yeah. It's no. exhausting. Well, look at, I was thinking about that uh, the other day that <clears throat> TikTok, you know, TikTok? Yeah. It's like 30 second. Yeah. videos it's it 30 seconds it's like yeah. everything's getting it's getting like more compressed it's 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 feeding into the whole uh add kind of uh yeah. just constantly new stuff and more and more new 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 and it's like it's i don't it's yeah but part of me also i try to sit say to myself like man you know, it's for the kids man you know like they don't give a shit what i'm into man like <laughs> if, if kids were into like led zeppelin again i'm not to pick on led zeppelin but you, i'd be kind of disappointed man yeah you know i don't know man like, i i i actually every once in a while i'll see like like a teenage kid that's got like you know you could, it's got like long hair and is into like yeah, you know, into into that '70s stuff that was yeah. re- the really good stuff, and it's I think it's kind of cool just because you, you know because it's kind of I don't know there there was so much a lot of that stuff was just was amazing back then yeah. really you know now we're really sounding old oh my god yeah <laughs> but whatever it's life is just too weird and crazy these are weird times man it, the weirdest times ever but. You know, it's like, 
isn't it's kind of amazing though to be alive even though it's it's, it's crazy and chaos and turmoil and I know that's what I was saying to my wife. Like, we survived this era, man. We're going to look back and be like, man, that was some crazy, yeah, right? crazy it's, stuff. It's man. like, it's going to be like people that grew up in, uh, in like the late 60s, like, like the Vietnam yeah. era and the whole hippie thing and the civil rights era. I mean, or the whole 60s, really. The 60s were like a huge change. It's going to be. It's gonna be looked looked back on like that, I think. Like just yes, yeah, huge... kind of what I was saying about the gener- like the uh, changing of the guard a little bit. Like right. I wonder if we're going to be in one of those eras. Like I hope there's like good bands and good art comes out of this era. Yeah, man. yeah, I you know. know what I mean. There's Something gotta like... be. There's gotta be. There's gotta be. Every time yeah. there's every time things are fucked up, <clears throat> great art and music comes out of it. There's gotta be. I, I'm I'm like waiting. Yeah. <laughs> as far as the music thing, it's like you know where's the good hard stuff, but. Like, you know, we're just, we're probably, like you said, we're probably just old and we don't know what's cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but fuck it. We're all going to die someday. So it doesn't matter anyway. Somehow I moved this conversation into talking about death. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it like bound my to own get mortality, there. man. It's bound to get there. Yeah. It's it's an interesting subject, Morbid. you know? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I remember one time I was in, in junior, in seventh grade. Uh, when you, you were talking about uh, the, the, <laughs> the the executioner thing, when yeah, was a draw what you wanted to yeah. be. <clears throat> they did. Uh, they put out like a questionnaire to be filled out of what you you know top you know five things you might want to be, and of course it was like artist or makeup effect, yeah. blah, blah blah. One of them I put it was mortician. <laughs> Oh, and I remember the girl next to me was like giving me the most disgusted yeah. look. Man, if you if you did that now, man, they'd have cops at your house, man. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, it's like I I don't know. I thought it was I I I think partially, partially it was interesting, and it was partially I'm kind of like was going for that reaction from yeah people like her that were into you know disco at the time. It was like I was wanting to freak them out. <clears throat> be the weirdo you know it's like i got a sense of identity from it oh i've definitely done a lot of artwork just to get a reaction from people oh yeah that is I, yeah, that's something. <laughs> i'm sure yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah you you want that you you want to push people's buttons a little bit yeah, you know? yeah. like any, any decent artist wants to do that yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah it's part of the fun of it yeah I remember there was one painting. There was one painting you did that was like I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, it, it was probably from the late nineties or it, it was yeah because that was it was when I was really checking your work out. It was like uh, it was okay. I think it was like a an angel statue and a demon was like totally like piercing it with a giant dick or something. Yeah, that and it had a green background. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just remember it was like this. Yeah, Demon that was, was like in Spectrum too, man. Oh, really? It was yeah. in Spectrum. It was a yeah, great was painting, and private... I was like, "Wow, that's 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 intense." <laughs> yeah, I tried to hide the subject a little bit. Now, I mean, I, I have stuff from that period that's so obnoxious. I mean, I would never reprint it again. It's kind <laughs> really? of embarrassing a little bit. That's funny. I'd love yeah. to see that. <laughs> like the the first book I did, it was called Skullfucker. Oh yeah, that's and right. It I has some that. paintings that I will never reproduce again. Really. Like when I gave a copy to somebody in the last couple years, and I included a note that said, "Like, yeah, some of this stuff, man. Like, I don't. I, I'm proud of all of it. I mean, I, I like it, but it's yeah. like I kind of disavow some of it, man. You know? <laughs> it's so funny. 
Like I wouldn't paint it again. Right, so, right. But right. man, I was young, and it was like the late '90s, and mm-hmm. everybody was trying. You know, you're trying to get noticed, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. A great way to get noticed is to do something shocking. Yeah, yeah. It's like it the worked. oldest gimmick, you know. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It definitely worked. It's funny though, because it's like it stood out in my mind because it was like it shocked me. I remember, <laughs> like, wow, that was really like pretty shocking. That uh, it was just so extreme. It was like. And it's and it's like it's you know one of the ones I remember from back then, right? You know, twenty years later, right on, man. <laughs> but anyway, we're like you know over two hours, so I should probably let you go, man. But what an excellent conversation! I, I'm uh, I I'm honored that you came on my podcast. It was very you know I felt like it was <clears throat> meeting one of my heroes because I'm telling you I was like you were one of one of the big influences on me when I was going to start. Like you were one of the reasons I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I, can't I was, believe that. I was, re- I, I never would have guessed looking at your stuff, man. Oh yeah. No, I was, you know? I was like totally creeping killer, on your man. stuff way back then. I think maybe it was on my space. I don't know. If I you... was never on my, it's uh, probably just from my website. Yeah, it's probably just Unless web... somebody was passing it around. Yeah, no, no, it was probably from your website then, but it was just like what the internet was kind of new at the time for me. And it was, and it was like, I was figuring out what I wanted right. to do. And it was like, you were one of the guys. You were one of the guys that was that's killer, that was, man. Uh, was totally inspiring me. Like I was very taken aback by your your technique and everything. And uh, um, yeah. So so to have you on the podcast is kind of like it was kind of like having Brahm on for me too. It was like these. Man, yeah, this is awesome. That's that's killer, dude. <laughs> you know, so, that's um, great to hear. Yeah, I appreciate all that you've done and all the inspiration you've given me over the years. And it's really cool that you. In, in the dark art society show and it's cool that t- to be showing with you it's like you don't Dude. realize it you don't realize it you know you're like we're, you just think like i'm just a painter guy but <laughs> you know when the first time you showed when i was showed with you at, at copper i think it was we were in a show to, one maybe it was the last dark art society show or something but we showed together and i was like this is kind of like a big deal to me to be showing yeah. with this dude. <laughs> that's killer, dude. It was like, I, I, you know, that's so great dude. to hear, man. Yeah. It's amazing. Thanks for having me, man. You know? Oh yeah. No, I, 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 really... like, I, don't, I don't do a lot of this kind of stuff. Not, yeah. not for any particular reason. Just, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a special, I, like when I run my mouth, I say dumb stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was great, great interview. And, uh, uh, you know, I was really excited about it and I was stoked. I mentioned it in the, in the Facebook group that we have that, uh, I was, I was excited that I mentioned that you were the next guest and I was excited and, and people were stoked about it. Like everyone's huh? like, Oh yeah, I love that dude stuff. So I think you've, cool. you've, you've had an impression on a lot of people. So thank you for coming totally appreciate it um and yeah had a great time chatting with you yeah man thanks for having me um okay so let's say let's say goodbye to the audience just say goodbye goodbye Goodbye. audience goodbye (laughs) thank you for goodbye freaks